So, uh, Auritella, uh, have you ever tried DJing? Um, no, Jamie, I haven't. I'm more bothered about JD, and I do love a whiskey. Wait, what? You're a drinker? Fuck, you just got so much cooler in my eyes. All right, previous, so I'll chill out a little bit. Fuck me. Like, no, actually, I don't know you can fuck off. Oh, previous, okay, sorry, yes, I know. You get sensitive every now and again. Oh, my brothers, I'm, I'm so conflicted. Oritella, I thought you were teetotal like me, a wholesome brother. And rewind, it all makes sense now. Anyway, let's find out what happened this week on Yusa Chronicles. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Yusa Chronicles. Today, we should be speaking to the man behind the decks of pubs, clubs, and festivals. He's also the host of the Gatefold Gameway podcast. These are the chronicles of Demo Bachelor, and a great friend at that. Welcome, everybody, to the 30th edition of You Suck Chronicles. Can you believe we're at 30 already? It is the chronicles of Demo Bachelor. It is I, the bearded brummy, Mr. Sleeky than Sleek, Mr. Has His Own Article inside the next month's Slimming World magazine, Jamie, and with me, as always, is this handsome fellow. And get your autographs wherever you buy Slimming World magazines. It's the Scotsman Tom. Um, yeah, because everyone buys. I didn't even know there was. A, oh no, 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 I did know there was a Slimming World magazine because it gets. It's now at most retailers. I don't actually know if you can buy it in shops. So I just know you well, can get it from Slimming World. Yuck you out, motherfucker! Yeah, I'm at all the fucking newsstands, baby. Yeah, love it. So if you're a, if you're a you know a Slimming World reader and you want your page signed by what page is it on? I have no idea. <laughs> oh, I, th- I thought you would have had the page. It framed. It signed your own one and framed that. Give one to Olivia. Give one to all your kids. Uh, <laughs> I have the free copy that they sent me. I opened it up, found my article, took a picture of it and put it in the fucking kitchen. <laughs> you bastard. You didn't actually read the entire thing. It's like, I really want to see my page. Well, to be fair, I'm not, I'm not moaning about being in it because, you know, I'm grateful that they put me in it. They were emailing me for months with information I must have sent them like 30 fucking photos and literally I have about a paragraph and a half and two photos I was like you harassed me with emails upon emails for how long for that little bit yeah it's not for you even in it at all you motherfucker I know I was but I was looking for like the people that got the full page spreads it's like I lost more weight than you prick Next, <laughs> all right, Jeez, it's a competition. I'm just proud of everybody losing weight out there. It's phenomenal. It's so am I, but you know, unbelievable job. I wanted to be on the front fucking cover. I don't give a shit. You've done an unreal job. You, you know, I'm, pr- I'm fucking proud of you, man. Serious. Thank I'm you. being serious right now. Like, I'll be serious for a, you know, let's land storm this shit. I'll be serious for a minute. <laughs> fucking, you've done an incredible job. Thank when, you. When most that. people have absolutely, like myself, have piled the pounds on over, over lockdown, you've lost them all. You've literally given them to me. <laughs> <laughs> I will look, Tom needs warmth. Ginger's <laughs> warmth. I must lose weight so Tom can gain it to stay warm during COVID, if that's a thing. <laughs> By that logic, that means that I am not ginger. Thank you for saying that. I never said you weren't. No, but if you said the gingers need warmth and I was giving you my warmth, so therefore yeah, had, I don't need had, it. You had too much. You've now got enough. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. I thought I'd find a way around it then. 
But um, yeah. no, going back to the fact that you've got an artist. So I was in the Gloucestershire Echo back in 2013. Back in 2000, yeah, 2013, when I started my job, but when Morrison's made them tiny little shops, they little them local things. And local, yeah. Yeah, and I was, because I was the new, uh, one of the new team leaders for it, and I just happened to be in on Gloucestershire Echo turning up to work day. Um, and they took, <laughs> I still, I believe I still have the newspaper with me in. I still have the entire, and I was on page three as well. I was a page three boy. Oh, check you out. I was in the Echo as well, but I have no idea where any copies of that are. For? I would like to burn that article, quite frankly. For what? Um, it was about fish when I worked at Sainsbury's. There's a picture of me in my Sainsbury's uniform with a hat, just holding a mackerel by the tail. Like, mm, look at it my It was mackerel. about fish. About fish, yes. What? Uh, why? <laughs> <laughs> we were doing something at Sainsbury's where promoting like fair trade fish and like eating more sustainable fish so instead of eating cod because eat fish that are over farmed so it makes sense that they're being farmed i can't remember the fucking details now but it was because of that and i was being good saying to his manageable boy again i'll get us in the newspaper and get us lots of trade (laughs) (laughs) please look at a voice forever that voice i could try From now on, this entire show and shows to come and all interviews will be done in that voice. <laughs> Welcome to Usa Chronicles. It's a furtive edition. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway. Anyway. <laughs> so how are things, Jamie? What's been going on with you, mate? You okay? I'm good, my friend. I've been doing a lots of reannering. Of, uh, of course. Of, of course. course. I went to see the kids on Sunday. Ooh, how was that? That was beautiful. It's typical they were like playing video games. They're like, can we go to the park? I was like, yeah, when you finish doing what you're doing, let me know when you want to go. And we'll go, okay, can we go to the park now? Look out the window. It's fucking raining. You took too long. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. One of them things, isn't it? Um, what else have I been doing? I've, had, I've been doing nine fives this week because it's been nice. I've actually had evenings to myself. Oh, shit. And I've spent most of them with you on here. Hey. Great. It's great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we've been lots of done a, quite a few lovely interviews and yeah it's just it's been a good bit been, been all right so have you been um doing any vlogs recently i was about to say I have, i've done a new vlog another you suck at cooking with the wife the wife helped me with this one it was good fun yeah enjoy uh, it yeah it was very good fun we uh decided to get some tiktok food hacks and give them a try and it was good fun and have uh, you been up to much um, I mean, I'm well. Thanks for asking. I'm good. I, I'm just... I thought I asked that. My bad. No, no, it's all right. Don't worry about it. It's fine. I understand, Jamie. You know, it's not with co-host or anything. <laughs> Sorry. It's my bad. I love you. Wait a second. It's okay. It's, he didn't mean it. He didn't mean it. He didn't mean it. Okay. I know. It's, it's just these things. Tell me, didn't mean it. It's okay. You're on the show, by the way. Oh, shit. Uh, yes. Oh, um, um, anyway. Um, <laughs> Who were you talking to? <laughs> Nobody, never tell. I won't tell, I swear. I never tell anything. I won't tell her. <laughs> Previous, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, well, you fucking should be, all right? Um, anyway, how did you get in here? I don't know, yeah. Get out of that recording room, you. Get back to a bit more same insanity and whatnot. I just, I love this. Sh- I just love what we do. It's too much fun. You know, there's too much of a platform to say weird shit and make people laugh. Anyway, anyway. Um, yeah, I'm really good, man. Thank you. It's been a good week. Um, as as yourself, lots of reannering as well. Um, I do love my job. Good. I do bloody love my job and the people within it. Um, Cardiff's pretty sick, dude. I've been on a couple of walks. Um, I went round uh, Butte Park 
twice. Um, so I why went, twice? <laughs> well, because why not? I went Thursday. Did I go Thursday? I felt like I went Thursday and Saturday. Or did I go Friday and Saturday? I can't fucking remember okay. anymore. When you said twice, I thought you'd like done a walk around. You went, I enjoyed that. Let's go again. <laughs> no. So um, I met my friend Chris. Uh, Chris Wallace. I've not seen him for so long. Big shout out to Chris. Uh, I've not seen him for about three or four years. Three years. Um, I used to work with him at Asda in Cheltenham. Uh, where are you? But he's a Welshman. Um, and he moved back to Newport in 2018. Um, and now here I am in Cardiff. Uh, and he hit me up and was like, I would just love to see you. He's like, he's like a father to me. It's just, it's like my adoptive dad. Um, I love him with all my heart. He's a genuinely wonderful, incredible and amazing human. And he deserves everything that comes his way. So, um, yeah, we had a coffee. We went for a water on Butte Park and just caught up. And it was just fucking lush. You know, when there's moments where you sit with people you haven't seen for a while. And it, but it's like you've never been apart. And yeah, I, the day just disappears. You're like, oh fuck, I've got stuff to do. <laughs> like it was one of those sort of moments. And then bless him, we had a little selfie in Cardiff City Centre, and he wiped it up on the old uh, social meds. And uh, yeah, it was really nice, really, really nice. It was so lush to see him. Um, what else have I been doing? I, oh, I completed Mortal Kombat 11. That made me so happy because uh, the boys mentioned it on the live show um, because obviously they want to do a Mortal Kombat new tournament. Um, and I was like, oh, I'm on the last, the last part of the story to finish that. So I finished that. Uh, started doing Towers of Time, um, and I'm just loving every second of it. So did some, made, did some fatalities. Been loving the fatalities recently. Fatality, fatality, and uh, brutality as well. I so forgot like, there's that one as well. Everyone always goes for fatality. I always forget brutality's one. Did you ever play like Tekken or? Street Fighter or whatever, and loves to do the crouch and massive uppercut where they fly off. Yeah. Yeah. If you do that three times in a row, their head comes off. Really? And the spine comes out with it. And That's it's amazing. Brutality. It's absolutely amazing. That's but awesome. I was um, I was playing with Johnny Cage, and his fatality is he, rip, he rips them in half and uses them as a ventriloquist dummy, and it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> I do love the humour in that game. It's phenomenal. It's absolutely phenomenal. And um, I need to get the expansion because Joker and Harley Quinn are in it. Ooh. Yeah, and Rambo and Robocop, uh, Terminator. It, it looks mint. So I need to get the expansion to get all these like extra juicy... Ca- oh, Spawn. Spawn's in it as well. Ooh. That mm. does sound good. So I've been playing a lot of Mortal Kombat, playing a lot of Madden, because uh, I've not touched that in ages. Uh, and obviously we've done three... Absolutely stunning interviews. Indeed. And peek behind the curtain. One about 20 minutes before we started doing this, we'll finish one. Oh, yeah, and, uh, yeah, exactly. So, and it was just glorious. Loving the pod, man. Lo- I, I bloody love this. I, I really do. do. Um, you know, we have a great interview this week uh, with Damo. Um, uh, we have a, we just, oh, uh, yeah. I, I don't want to go too much into it because it's not, it's not fair, but it's just every week this is going to be a fucking belter. Pretty much. Um, so, yeah, hopefully everyone enjoys this week's interview. Um, so, yeah, that man, not really a whole hell of a lot. I've got two days off now, so I'm going to thoroughly enjoy those. I'm going to relax um, and just get on with the uh, the 24 hour pod that we announced. Yes. Uh, Alex announced a couple of weeks back um, there's going to be a 24 hour pod- live podcast for 24 hours. On September 29th, uh, a lot of work is going into it. A lot of stuff behind the scenes. 
Um, so please come uh, support us, come and watch it, you know, get involved. If you can get involved, get involved. We want as much content as physically fucking possible, as many people involved as possible. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot I can't wait. I literally can't wait. It's going to be unbelievable. So can't go into too much detail, but it's just, please come give us all the love and all the support you possibly can. Um, And also, we have achieved 5,000 downloads. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Alex informs me it's close to 10,000, but, you know, we've got the email for 5,000, so we'll take that. So thank everyone that supports us, that listens to us, if it's on the regular or not, even if it's not, even if it's just a random person. Oh, I really, really like Nick Strawn. Oh, I really, really like Rachel Roll. You know, anyone like that, it's like, yeah, and checks us out for the other individual interview. We really appreciate it. We love all of you just as much. So I'm right. thank you. It means everything to us, for all of us at the USAP Network, for us, for what and for what's the difference, and for our lives, and the Weekly Bazaar. We appreciate you more than you could possibly imagine. Like you say, even if you just downloaded one episode, it means the fucking world. Because, you yeah. know, we, we do this in our spare time for fun because we're passionate about it. And to have people yeah. listening to it means the absolute world. And we've made some unbelievable friends, whether it be from interviews or from other podcasts or anything. It's just been so much fun. Oh, talking about the podcasts. Um, I was on uh, another podcast last Thursday. Um, I was on Angry White Dad with Sean Lawler. Uh, he is a lovely Canadian human who uh, actually guest on the Weekly Bazaar's first episode back uh, with me and Al. Uh, genuinely wonderful bloke. Really nice guy. Um, yeah, so please go check out the Angry White Dad podcast. It'll be out soon. Uh, we talked a lot of politics. We talked a lot of music. Uh, we talked a lot of NFL uh, and talked a lot of Daddy, John Oliver. We love Daddy. We do love um, John Oliver. He was going to make a bit of an appearance in the journal later, so I'm Ooh. very, very excited to throw that out. Um, so, yeah, man, please go check out Angry White Dad with Sean Lawler. It's uh, it's a blast. Beautiful. Now, before we move on to the journal and whatnot, last week I brought up the thing about odd socks. Yes, you did. I had a piece of paper with two things written on and to bring up in the show. And as I told you off air, my wife decided to throw away that piece of paper and I forgot what I wanted to talk about. I remembered odd socks. And then the day after we recorded the episode, I remembered what the other thing was. (laughs) (laughs) So this blew my mind. You're probably going to think, Jamie, you're a fucking idiot. But this genuinely blew my mind. You know the song Hi-Ho from Snow White? Yes. What are the words? Hi-Ho, hi-ho, it's off to where we go. Wrong. Those are not the words. Okay. It's hi-ho, hi-ho. It's home from work we go. That blew my mind. Is it? Honestly. So, okay, here's a a, a fucking retort. Why do they sing it when they're going to the mines? They don't They sing it when they're on the way back from the mines, when they go into their house, when they find Snow White asleep in their bed and whatnot. They're coming home. Wow. I know, right? Do you know what? I fucking hate this saying so much, but I'm going to use it. I was today years old when I found out about that. I was today years old. Well, I wasn't today. I was a couple of weeks old when I found out about that. But I was like, I saw where I find all my fountain of information these days on TikTok. And then Olivia is obsessed with hi-ho. So I was like, she was like, can I play hi-ho? So I played and I was like, I'm going to listen now. I'm going to listen really closely to these fucking words. And I was like, "They're, they're right. TikTok's right. They say it's home from work we go, and I couldn't believe it. Because there hasn't there been a thing about everyone's been singing Hanson's Umbop incorrectly as well? I've not seen this, have they? 
Yes, apparently Hanson's Umbop is also similar. There's apparently everybody's been singing it incorrectly ever since it came out. I did not know this. I don't know what they are, but maybe we should research this for next week. We should maybe. find out what the real Hanson lyrics actually are. Can you really get the words Umbop, doop dop dop doop dop wrong? I mean, that's not how it goes, is it? I know, but I, I'm not going to sit here and sing it, am I? <laughs> Dilly up, I do, but... That's probably the wrong <laughs> bit. Oh, yeah. That's probably the, the last Member of Hanson, if you could actually post one of your email addresses, that'd be really nice, because I tried to try and, try and contact details from him in the past, and I couldn't find any. Oh, really? That'd be sick. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> that'd be so good. Just to talk about one song. No, I'm joking. Um, <gasps> no, that whole first album is a banger. I've never listened to anything other than Umbop. Where's the Love is an amazing song. I do remember being absolutely obsessed with it as a kid. Oh, yeah. I got bullied to fuck because of that song. So really? Like, yeah, I was a kid around time Hanson came out with long hair. So I was like, ah. you are Umbop. Fuck off. Really? Is that that's the very original of them? Well yeah, done. I know, right? I, mean, yeah. I used to get like, called Umbop all the time. Mate, I used to get bullied so much I never went to school. There was okay. more to that Umbop insult, but I'm not saying it because it just gives me like Vietnam flashbacks. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't go, don't go too much into it. Not, I'm not, I'm not trying to like. You're like, yeah, well, actually, when I was bullied, blah blah blah. But yeah, <laughs> no, I no, no. I know what you mean, though. But what? Right. But this was a beautiful moment. So I got bullied at school. All the way to about year eight until I moved to Cheltenham, Gloucester. So I used to bunk off school a lot because I just didn't want to go in. Um, and then I got like teacher's pass so I could stay in the school during lunch and stuff because literally I couldn't go anywhere without getting. I had one fr- This is a genuine story. I'm getting very deep, but I don't care. I had one friend until I was 13, 12, 13. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? Absolutely crazy. Bullied about what? Being ginger. Um, the fact that mate, the main thing was that my eyelids, when I was born, hung over my eyes. Okay. I can't, I can't what the, te- the, the medical term for it is, but I couldn't have surgery to have them lifted until I was 12 years old. I had to wait till I had more of an adult face. So I had eyelids that I own, mate. I did not know any of this. Did you not? No. Kids lapped it up. Like, I'll show you, you can see the scars on my eyelids if I close my eyes properly. But um, that's why when I sleep now, my I, my eyes don't shut properly. So I look like I'm awake when I'm asleep. Yeah, I, I look like I'm awake when I'm asleep because my eyes, because of my eyelids, um, they've taken uh, bits out to stitch it up so they don't shut properly anymore. Um, well, there you go. There you go. So I got bullied for that for years. Anyway, I've sit my mic, sorry. Anyway, um, I obviously had the surgery. I moved away and moved to Gloucester and Cheltenham. My dad was still living in the same place where I went to school where I got bullied to fuck. Hmm. And we went swimming and um, we're at the swimming pool and the bullies that bullied me turned up. But obviously I had grown up, had the surgery, was a bit more confident because I'd made friends and stuff. And they were like, this is literally what they said. And I'd never laughed so hard in my life. The only thing they said to me was, what, you think you're hard now because you've had your eyelids lifted? Is that a thing? <laughs> Apparently so. Um, I just went, no. And then laughed a lot. And he got really embarrassed. It's like, I was like, what a fucking stupid question to ask. Like, do I think I'm hard now because I've had eyelid surgery? <laughs> okay, mate. 
Uh, okay. You you go do you, Mike. You go. No, it's okay. Don't worry about it. You go. And you carry on. You, as you were. Leave me the fuck alone. You bullies are fucking retarded, mate. Really it are. Was rife. It was so bad. My, my confidence. It's mental to think it now because I, we've gone off on a massive tangent. We really have. But I, it's fine. I love it. But um, yeah, I got bullied so much, but I wouldn't speak to anyone. I didn't have a girlfriend until I was like 14, 15. It's absolutely crazy. Crazy to think back then to now. Yeah, I know what you mean. Because like I said, I was I wasn't bullied to the point I didn't want to go to school, but I was bullied a lot for various different things. Try going to an all-boys school when you're fat and have long hair. Didn't end well. You went to an all-boys school? Senior school, yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah. I don't know why I sound like Scooby then, but <laughs> how come? If you don't mind my asking. Which is the school I got into. It wasn't really oh, planned dude. that way. Just, yeah. There we go. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah going, going to an old boy school with long hair was, didn't go well for me. <laughs> yeah, but they're just jealous because obviously, you know, you start a trend, mate. Fuck them. It just makes me laugh because, like, by the time I was leaving school, it was fashionable for boys to have long hair. I was like, you motherfuckers. <laughs> they saw Jamie Westwood and went, that's that's what we need. That's what we need. That's what we need right there. Granted, so, he cut yeah. all his hair off due to the bullying, but there we go. It's fine. So did, you actually, did you actually? Yeah. I had really long hair, then I cut it off in about year eight. And then I started growing it again by the end of year oh, 11. I thought you meant when you, because you met Becky and stuff, didn't you, and cut all your hair off. That's what I thought yeah. you were referring to. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. the wife bullied me into it. It wasn't my <laughs> You look like a fucking girl. <laughs> the thing is, I used to um, gel my hair up and have massive spikes. Amazing. Is what I used to, and then people were like, you get your fucking hair cut. I was like, no, I don't. If it's cold enough for Scott, you're too hot. It's cold enough for me. Fuck off. I was doing it for Wayne Static. This is the one that gave me the idea. Oh, nice. So yeah, and then I remember I made I did um, the you know where you curled them round so they were really thick but small. I did them as well, <laughs> like cord rolled fucking spikes. Love those new metal haircuts. They were the best. Yeah, back in the day. You know, I, do, I now I've got no hair, so at least <laughs> I, you know, at least I had my, I had my time to shine, and you know, I think I fulfilled. <laughs> having hair for the time I had it for. Right. Shall we uh, actually get this train back on track? Yeah, we should, shouldn't we? For a word from our sponsors. Oh, my brothers, have you seen this beautiful website? Yes, Rewind, I have. We want, we'd like to thank our friends, uh, The Web Orchard and Pete White, for this illustrious new website they have created us. Wait, wait, there's a website? Yes, there is previous, www.usucknetwork.com. It's incredible. So we want to say a massive thank you to The Web Orchard. So go find them, The Web Orchard, on all social medias, or just head to www.theweborchard.com for all your website needs. Oh, my brothers. It's beautiful. Let's get back to this week's episode. You bastard. You're just about to say it, you fucker. Sorry. You can have, ne- you can have next week's. No, you won't. You can have next week's. I'll, I'll leave it alone for next week. Right. Shall we see what uh, Callum's treaching us this week? We should definitely have a look at what Callum is treaching us this week. Now, I've not listened to these, so this is going to be a new experience for all of us, boys. So, they're very short, might I add. Okay. What is Callum treaching us this week? Technically, you only have two minutes to live, but every time you breathe, it resets the timer. (laughs) Don't 
don't even understand his logic of that one, but it's brilliant. And it's an absolute belt to begin Callum's trenches. <laughs> I think that's my favourite one so far. Does it, do people go two minutes in between breaths? What? The, I don't well, get no, it. I, th- I, think it I, I think if you stopped breathing, you'd have two minutes before you passed out. Is what uh, I think he's referring to. Come on, Jamie. Fucking hell. Okay, now I'm more with it. I got really confused you got the idea of people just sat there going one two three I've got two minutes before I can breathe again come on come on okay yeah can now it make sense I see exactly where he's coming from that's a really good point fucking that's that was excellent that was so excellent just the, I almost don't want to play the other two just because it's like, that was just so monumental it was wonderful <laughs> Oh, oh, I love this boy, Brian. Yeah, it's it's phenomenal, mate. Some of the conversations <laughs> we've had when we've gone for walks with coffee and stuff, just like some of the stuff he comes out with, you're like, I just I just love him so much. Anyway, what else is Callum preaching us this week? Neuroscience is the study of the brain by the brain. And as always, he's not wrong. <laughs> oh, he should be a scholar. He should be some sort of scholar. He should be a university lecturer or something. <laughs> just oh, the most random shit. I feel like he needs to start writing like quotation, you know, like those inspirational posters and shit dude, like that. He would make a killing out of like inspirational books. You know, yeah, like, he really would. Oh, dude, he would absolutely smash it. He's got a good point though, because a brain has to think about what happens. In for the science of a brain, yeah. <laughs> oh, this is a strong week. It is. I, I really hope. I, I, I really hope he's gone three for three. Let's just smash us out the park. <laughs> what else is Callum finally treating us this week? If you were to own a plot of land, how far up and how far down does that land go? How far up do you like get to the top of the fence? And as soon as it's above that, it's like, don't own that, that, that bit That's of air. That's such I don't a own good point. It's such a good point, though, because you think of acres is like, as like wide or whatever, but no one thinks of like actually up or down. I mean, upwise, obviously, there's no ground, it's just air, isn't it? But it's got a point, though, because at some point, say like an airplane flies past your house, do you get to go, well, that's my bit of yeah. land? That's, that's uncharted territory. You can't up, fly over yeah. That. yeah. And then going down, does that mean we all, homeowners, technically own a piece of the Earth's core? Or dead people. Or dead people, yeah. You can't bury me, sorry, it's my land. <laughs> sorry, your uh, your relative's uh, little finger is slightly going over into my part. Please remove it. You do want, right? I reckon, I reckon <laughs> there's some arseholes. There's got to be. There's got to be someone. There's got to be someone. There has to be. Uh, I think a really good fucking point again. That the corner of the coffin is actually in my bit. That's my bit. So I technically own that corner of the coffin. <laughs> I don't know where I'm, I'm going with that. I tried to make that funny that it was, and in my head, I'm going, it's like I'm going to get some sandpaper and I'm going to sand that down so it's no longer on my part of that. Fucking oh, that's glorious and really good. Good, good. I put good point. Good point, Callum. You have absolutely nailed it this week, son. That they were phenomenal. You've done us proud this week, Callum. I'm very proud, and now I'm scared that the journal's not going to fucking live <laughs> up to that. How can I follow that? 
<laughs> oh, but we'll go for it anyway. Welcome to the 30th edition of Tom's Journal. So, Jamie, I have been out and about. Filling in the journal, of course, as always. Of course. So, so, yeah, we shall see how we get on. I was on my way to work, and there was a woman yawning in her car, but it looked like she was singing opera. It was <laughs> fuck. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> it was just for now. Obviously, no one could see that, but I just basically did a yawn and made it look like I was singing opera. I get that. Yeah, you could fucking see it. You yeah, no, no, no. But even imagining it beforehand, I got it. But yeah, it was funny. I think she put her hand out one point as well, so it looked even better because I think she was <laughs> reaching for something. Yeah, this <laughs> really just stupid little simple shit like that really makes me laugh. Daddy's TV show last week tonight. Yes, has its own merch. Does it? Yeah. Oh my shit, boys! It has. Daddy has his own shop. It has mugs, t-shirts, sweatshirts, and jumpers. What's on it? Is it just the show logo? Yep, but it's fucking beautiful, boys. Especially the mug. Oh. I feel you're gonna you're gonna border on some of this, aren't you? Mate, I'll be sat here doing Chronicles interviews in fucking last week tonight <laughs> t-shirts. But <laughs> I just I, I just can't love him anymore if I tried. And I then I do, and then I'm like, just one day, one day, one day. we'll be sat here. And I just won't be able to ask any questions because I'll be in absolute awe of what a wonderful human being John Oliver really is. And I'll just be like, isn't Birmingham amazing? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just he, him and James Spader are like two of my, and Jeremy McKinnon, are like they're, they're my, my three top, like, oh, John Oliver though. I, I just can't say enough about the man. Anyway, it's the journal. Just carry on. Yes. Um, there was a busker in the middle of Cardiff City Centre on Saturday. Um, and then he had all these little groupies dancing and singing around him, losing their minds. It was hilarious. But do you know what, right? It made me think, fuck, I miss gigs so much. That's probably what it was. It was like, oh my God, there's live music. Oh yeah. my God, let's get involved. He was really good. The busker was really good. But like, it was just watching and I was just really jealous going, oh, it's, I'd love to be at a gig right now or just anything like live show or comedy or local gigs, anything, just anything. Like, I can't wait for them to come back. I really I can't. There's gigs, like, coming up, and I'm like, I'm like, do I even bother trying to get a ticket? Because it's just going to get cancelled, isn't it? Let's be honest. There was a huge free Palestine rally in Cardiff City Centre as well. It was insane. Really? Yeah, massive. Maybe you've not seen what's been going on. I don't want to get into politics and stuff, but... I don't really pay attention to it. It is ridiculous. Ridiculous what's going on at the moment over there. Um... I was watching the FA Cup final with Oscar, my housemate, and um, fans were allowed back in the stadium for the first time ever. And I feel that cameramen and women were trying to spot all the fans who weren't wearing masks for the police. There's one. Because you had to wear masks for the, for the game, obviously, because people were sat, not close, but fairly. And there were so many people that had the chin diapering or not wearing them at all. Yeah, I didn't have the landing yard. It was nuts. It was guaranteed they just wore them to get in and then they're like, fucking fuck COVID. Yeah. It's stereotyping, but you know, it's, yeah, but it's fine. Um, anyway, let's get some juicy shit. 
Why is it the fastest you move in your life is when you receive an online food delivery? <laughs> it's very true. As soon as you know someone is coming to your house, you're like, fuck! No, I mean, like, when it actually turns up and they've got the crates out and they're just stood there with the crates and they're waiting for you to pick it up, you're like, oh, oh, yeah, I've got oh, it. Yeah, I know so you mean, like, yes. I'm back at it, yeah, I'm back at it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, no worries, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. Yeah, I'm just... So can, I just, can I just take the crate into the kitchen? No, fuck you. Nah. <laughs> I've got go, some go. substitutes for you. No, no, it's fine, I'll just take it, it's fine, I'll take them all. <laughs> We've oh. substituted your bread with some cheese. I hope that's okay. <laughs> Why do they do that? <laughs> you wanted tampons, so I, it, we didn't have any, so I got you cornflakes. <laughs> oh. You're right, you're right, using cornflakes? That'd be fine, would it? <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> I was trying to think the most randomest thing to this randomest thing. But, yeah. You wanted wine, so we got you wood. Okay, we got you a nice plank of wood. It begins with a W. What more do you fucking yeah, want? exactly. <laughs> you wanted Rioja, but instead, <laughs> we've got you Burgundy. Is that okay? Is that, is that all right with you? Got you some birch. <laughs> By the way, if anyone asks why we've cut a piece of wood out of the uh, out of your fence, don't don't ask questions. <laughs> you wanted a substitute, didn't you? <laughs> you wanted a lawnmower, so we got you a chimney. Anyway. <laughs> I'm having too much fun with that. I've noticed. Um, when you're crossing the road and someone pushes the crossing button to cross the road after it's already been pushed, and they repeatedly do so because they think it'll stop traffic faster. I do that. Why? I don't even know, I know. why. I've pushed the button, but I'm going to push it a couple more times. And then someone goes to the other one on the same side as you and starts pushing that. To think that's gonna like this has gotta stop faster. Surely it's gotta stop faster. I don't even know why I do it. I know it's utterly ridiculous and it doesn't work, yet I still find myself doing same with lifts. Like you press the button for the lift, you're like, fuck me, this is taking ages. You know what I need to do? Press the button about 15 times in quick succession because it's gonna come quicker. It won't. Ah, so you're one of those people. <laughs> I am one of those people. Um and also what really makes me laugh is that they absolutely bomb it across when the green man goes off. <laughs> yeah because they think the car's just going to run them straight over <laughs> it's like, I'm just get to cross the road yeah, it's a free for all if that green man's gone you're dead <laughs> you do sort of think that there's that mild panic though even though you know there's that quick break between the red man and then the green light you're like no I'm going to die now yeah that's why I love Americans have the countdown oh they do so when, I forgot when that green man goes off it goes 10 9 8 <laughs> I'm shit, 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 shit. <laughs> Two more. Two more. You will love this one. Love it. Like, you will love this one. Someone called up in work today to book in so that we could clean their glasses for them. What? Because they've not done it in the three months they've had them. How do you get three months like cleaning your glasses, you utter fucking crap? <laughs> Cleaning cloth with it. What is wrong with people? <laughs> See, fucking retards. What? Ow, what? Uh, I'd like to book an appointment so you could clean my glasses for me. Thank you, butler. Did you just literally go, uh, off and hang up? I didn't answer the, I didn't answer the call. Uh, just, I got told by a colleague. It was just, it was funny as hell. It was, we laughed about it for a while. We Please tell me off. they didn't actually book them in for it. No, of course they didn't. going to fucking say. They were like, I'm pretty sure you can clean your own glasses and I'll stop wasting our time. Thank you. 
yes, high five that person immediately. Yeah, I don't want to say any names, obviously, because for obvious reasons. And then finally, this happened on my way home today. Oh, crossing the road, bus driver was just staring at me, and I mean, like, <laughs> I'm gonna fucking murder you. So I started shimming. I just started shimming, staring at him, and he was looking at me like. And then he just went. He started doing it back. Started like joining in. It was sad. Yeah, it was like a moment of just like we were just staring at each other, like you fucking prick. So then I started starting that. So I started, like, you know, Ace, is it Ace Ventura? Where he just, uh, what film is it? Where he just goes past the door like that. Is it oh, Ace yeah, yeah. I think it is Ace Ventura. Yeah. yeah, where he starts shimming past the door. I started doing that, but facing him. So the, the the crossing was sideways on. I was just sideways crossing the road. And he's just staring at me like I'm going to murder me and then started shimming with me. That's really beautiful. Fun. It it's was a, a beautiful it's moment. It's a beautiful moment. I like that. Yeah, it was just a spectacular Welsh bus driver dance off, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and that was a third edition of Tom's Journal. Absolutely beautiful. Thank you, sir. I do. I do love doing the journal. It's good. Uh, it's good fun. Do you realise as well? You know, we said this is the thirtieth edition. This is our eightieth episode. Fuck me. Yeah, it is. Yeah, fifty bar fight, and then wow, yeah. we are twenty away from triple figures, boys. That's scary. It's fucking beautiful. It's, it's beautiful. Uh, you know, before we bring the bring in the guests, I just think that you know, I just want to thank you personally. That you know, I put this on social media to so people that don't know me personally. Um, we have had some incredible interviews recently. I mean, incredible interviews ever since we started doing them. Um, and there's nobody else I'd rather take this journey with. There's nobody else I'd rather, you know, I, I, I love you, man. And I appreciate everything that you do for I the show. I couldn't have um, thought of a better person to ask. So. It's just, well, and I appreciate it. More. I, you know, I live for this. I love what we do and I love our network. Our USUC family is just glorious. And there's just bigger and better things on the horizon. We can't. I'm not going to, you know, spoil it for anybody, but just keep your eyes peeled because this USAC train is, is this plane is now a plane. It's now taken off, boys. We, oh, we just, yes. We love it. We absolutely love that. We love it. But we have, like we said at the start of the show, an incredible guest again this week. Damo is one of our closest friends and has been, I think, he's been one of my closest friends now for about 14 years. Um, and had I have not met him... I wouldn't have met you. So mm-hmm. it's but Damo is the core of how I met so many people in Cheltenham. Um, you know, all from one drunken night. It's in the interview, so I'm not going to spoil it for you. But um, yeah, and like I said, we like to showcase our friends, you know, our very talented friends that do amazing things as well. And uh, so, yeah, so hopefully you guys enjoyed this interview as much as we did recording it. It's an absolute treat what I love about this interview and it is very special to do on the faith because it's not only we get to talk about one of our dear friends and the things he does and the amazing stories he's got from doing it and he's very open and honest in this as well which is really nice and promoting his amazing podcast it's also really cool on a personal level because we, we just get to like chat with our friend yeah and she, reminisce she, about some t- old times and stuff like that it's, it's a beautiful interview I really enjoyed this it was great well, I absolutely loved it as well um, but yeah, please go check out the Gatefold Gateway. Uh, it is uh, in the interview mentioned as well, but please go check out the Gatefold Gateway. Um, Joe Green, a previous Houston Chronicles guest, is Damo's co-host, um, and they've just had some unbelievable people on that show, and they are going from strength to strength as well, and they are smashing it on a weekly basis. Um, 
So yeah, please go check out Gatefold Gateway. It's available wherever you get your podcasts from. The boys are killing it over there. Jamie, any final words? None at all. Bring him in. Ladies and gentlemen, here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, interviewing this week, he has DJed at many pubs, clubs, and festivals. He is a podcaster, but mainly he is a dear, dear friend. It's Damo Bachelor. Ladies and gents, on today's show, we are talking to a man who is a poster boy for music fandom. By that, I don't mean a certain band or a genre, just music in general. He's used that passion to become a DJ, not only local clubs, pub levels, but also across the internet on Twitch and at music festivals, along with his podcast, The Gatefold Gateway. He's what I like to call an ambassador for the local Gloucestershire music scene, but more importantly, he's a very dear friend of ours. Welcome to Usuk Chronicles, DJ Damo, aka Damo Bachelor. Hello. Hello. Absolute pleasure to have you here. Thank Finally. You. Thank you for the intro. You're welcome. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go poster, a poster boy. I'm not sure what that means, but... No, no, man. I just thought it sounded good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if I like you or not yet, but I'll take, I'll take it. I was more proud of ambassador for local music. Ambassador, you got, that's a good, good word. I like that one. Absolutely nailed that one. Dayman, how has the last year been for you, sir? Um... <laughs> Honestly, awful. Um, but it's it is what it is. I guess everyone's um, kind of like, yeah, maybe seventy percent, fifty percent of the the UK population is in the same boat. And I mm. guess it's kind of um, how you've used that time to 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 know to get something out of it and to to do what you want. Um, some people have obviously just sat at home. Some people have made use of the time really well i'm kind of a bit in between i think i could have done more but i'm sure as we'll come on to later i've also learned a lot of new things which i'm really proud of and um yeah like on a like we won't go into details but some stuff has been a struggle um um but some stuff's been really good so it's kind of 50 50 um i guess yeah it's all about how you use your time and i've i've used my time okay yeah, that's fair enough, man. I mean, you said that, you know, people obviously either didn't use it, didn't use it as well as you thought you'd like to have done. But did you teach yourself anything new or like a language or did you learn a skill? Or anything like <laughs> well, I didn't, definitely not a language. Um, <laughs> so I could barely speak English, but um, <laughs> I, yeah, when we obviously left the the country got into an absolute shambles in March last year and um, we come out of race week and um uh, yeah like most of my income some well all of my income is working in a pub monday to friday or well it's a pub so it's tuesday to sunday um that's 90 percent of my income and then i get a little bit extra for doing what i love doing and that's playing music and all of that was kind of taken away for a minute and then furlough was announced and tom you know a bit about furlough and yeah um <laughs> You know, we furlough came in, but obviously all of that music money, which I was, you know, just, I loved doing it and I wasn't necessarily doing it for the music, but it's nice to have a little bit of extra money on the side. Um, and that was taken away. So the income was hit really hard, but yeah. So I guess 
stopping DJing really kind of threw me. And the first, yeah, like April, May um, were really, really tough, Um, you know, mentally. And what was I going to do? I've not sat in the house for more than a day. Like I get out and I go places and Mm. it was like, what can I do? What can I do? And I just, I guess like a lot of DJs and a lot of bands that have, doing the same that you just learn how you can put your skill out there and for people to enjoy but on a different platform and obviously that's where the internet comes in um so i'd seen some djs using um a program called twitch um which is like i think it's more known for like people doing video games and streaming Mm -hmm. games and stuff but it's also an outlet for for musicians and like people can just go on there and record themselves playing their music. And there were also other DJs just doing it on Facebook and putting a speaker up to their, you know, their phone up to a speaker. So I, and I was like, I'm not about that life. Um, that must've sounded dreadful. It did sound dreadful. And, and the reason I, and the reason I was really struggling is because I've not really taught myself anything to do on a computer since I was like in school. Um, I've, yeah. I've got basic knowledge of computers. I can run DJ software. I can run Spotify on a computer and I can run Safari, which is all I need. Um, <laughs> so Twitch was kind of like, how am I, I need hardware and software. And yeah, with the help from a few wonderful people, it eventually got going and yeah, so that was the first skill. So, like, I'm sure we'll go into that. And yeah. that was one of the things. And then, obviously, then we were back at work, and I was happy back at work, um, not DJing because of social distancing and restrictions, but I was still doing a bit of DJing on the weekend, which was good because it kept my hands in. Um, and then the inevitable second lockdown hit in November, and I taught myself how to record a podcast um, because I like talking. And like, we've, we've all known each other for a a long time, um, like very long time. Um, and I guess the same as you two guys, like in our, in our circle of friends, like it takes a certain sort of person with, you know, a little bit of charisma, um, you know, and to, to be able to do it. And I just felt like as a DJ who likes getting on the microphone at a headphone disco, um, or when I used to work in Sainsbury's and I used to bar everyone from using the tannoy, it had to be me. Um, <laughs> those were the days. Those were the days, you know, and I, and, and me and Jamie were, you know, we put ourselves forward for anything to do in front of a camera in work to just to not be doing the day job. It was like, Pretty can much you it. do this? And it was like something different. I was like, I was always, a, I was, Jamie was probably an inch behind me in second place going, I'll do it as well. And, <laughs> we'll take a video camera around the fucking car park of Sainsbury's and promote some fucking salmon in a silly accent <laughs> for, for Gloucester Keys. He's not even wrong. I'm not even wrong. That's, no. that's the actual truth. It's like, how can and we make this turkey ordering that's free? That'll stick on me forever. And, and me and Jamie were the go-to guys because we didn't, A, didn't give a shit, but B, we have that skill set, which I'm not an actor. I don't, I'm not on television. I'm not paid for that, but in what they wanted, we could do it. And podcasting is, is the same. And you need, you need a certain skill set to be able to hold a conversation and to keep it interesting. 
so that's kind of why I decided I was like I could do more DJing but I was actually I really like talking to people and I've missed talking to people and the podcast thing as you know it it keeps you chatting to people and it's the best it can be the best thing and it can be a lifesaver even if it's just for 40 minutes a week um it's just and so I was like I, I had to learn more software and get more hardware and um yeah and it's just kind of developed from there so spent a lot of money but learned some stuff yeah it's always it's come good though hasn't it so obviously because the podcast is flying and like you said we will get to it but um, yeah i mean i remember last year obviously i was furloughed for pretty much the whole of 2020 mm-hmm. um and this was the only thing that saved me i loved this the only thing i lived for on a weekly basis was interviewing and doing the show with jamie and i absolutely yeah. loved it so i mean just out of curiosity i don't know if i've already asked this question how did you guys meet was it sainsbury's me and Jamie did, yeah, yes. Sandra, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I had a group of friends um, at Sainsbury's and then a few of them left and then Jamie joined. And I can't even remember what year it was. I think it was like 2004, uh, 05. I think it was about 2006 or seven. Okay. Um, right. And yeah, it's like, you know, when it's it's that whole, um, like the, the Slayer meme is when, when you see, when you're in your Slayer t-shirt and you see somebody <laughs> in the Slayer t-shirt, <laughs> You just nod and you go, <laughs> yeah. And and it was kind of similar. Like you don't, in Sainsbury's, like we didn't know who, we all got along. Like everyone worked. It was great, great fun to be there. But I was like, you can only have a certain amount of like proper mates that you think, oh, they're good, they're good mates. And, and when I met Jamie, I just thought he's actually, He's such a top dude. He loves, obviously, kick-ass music, which is what our group was about anyway, like my friends. And I, we used to do, like, um, rock band nights. Oh, they missed those Even mine or our friend Dan's house. And I think I was. I said to our friend Dan, I was like, um, I've got a friend coming around. Is that all right? Um, he works at Sainsbury's with us. And Simon kind of knew him anyway. And, um, and yeah, we just kind of integrated him into the team um and yeah a love of wrestling music um yeah and it kind of it just went from there it's kind of the same way as like most friendships develop and you know you get them into your friendship group and they become part of just a natural part of a circle of friends yes because you are actually the reason why i know so many people you are yeah. the main hub and i met everyone i know i met through you in jamie Chattanooga. westwood included yes because I remember, I remember how I met you. I was so drunk. This is like 2007, I think. At Propaganda. You had a Mr. Kennedy T-shirt on, and I also had the exact same the T-shirt. Fucking Kennedy T-shirt. <laughs> one of the best T-shirts ever. One of the greatest wrestlers ever. We loved that guy. I was fucked, and I walked into props. I think I've been there two, three minutes, and I spotted you with the same T-shirt on. I jumped on your back and just went <laughs> Kennedy in your ear. And I remember Katie at the time was like. Who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> and the rest is history. The rest is history. Yeah. Um, and like I said, um, wrestling was a big deal for us back then. Like, yeah. Yeah. Jamie, really was. Was a rest- Jamie was a wrestling fan. Um, we probably got chatting because we like music, but I think when you when you've got friends that are wrestling fans, then it's like that forbidden conversation yes. you have, isn't it? And um all of my friends were into wrestling and old school WWF, WWE. And it was, it was just, it was so easy for, for him to come into our group. And then likewise, when yourself, because 
what do you do? Fucking March comes around, you stay up and watch WrestleMania. And, oh, right. and prior to that, it was like, we'll, we'll watch pay-per-views and we stayed up for pay-per-views. And I've got pictures on my phone of Jamie falling asleep, watching pay-per-views and... It's, every fucking time. Every, every time, time. But every time. It's, it's just part of the fun, isn't it? And we had traditions of going back for every WrestleMania. It was just, it, we, it was a big deal. And uh, um, yeah, that's basically the best. It's, it's how you meet your best friends, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. One of my favourite moments was in, is it the King's Head in Presbury when Smitchy did the... Unbelievable. Was one of the best... <laughs> Unbelievable. With that yeah. yeah, I'm <laughs> so glad it comes up on my Facebook memories yeah. once a year. Um, <laughs> it's not something I want to watch every day, um, oh. but when I'm reminded of it, yeah, I'm instantly taken back to arguably one of the best events. Yeah, and that and the the, the Skittles incident is also another absolute highlight. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's a lot. Um, yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> there's a lot. <laughs> yeah. There is a lot. And and it's you know, it's it's amazing to look back because obviously like you talk about the last year, um, it's been difficult to make memories that yeah. you're yeah. gonna look back on in a few years' time and go, Oh, do you remember April in twenty twenty and what happened? We're not gonna be able to do that. So for for now, looking back at the best memories um it's got to be a positive way of thinking right when april 2022 hits there's got to be a you've got to make opportunities to make some more of those great memories and have some of those good times yeah and hopefully getting ready for trees and download and sonosphere and latitude and god knows whatever else is coming out well yeah because festivals is kind of a write-off again this year because of our shitty government um which and, and i don't like to talk, talk about politics i'm not a politician um but yeah, they fucked us. They fucked us over. But hey ho, um, next year, like we just go harder, and that's that's how it works. As, as soon as social distance is over, everyone's gonna be out there naked partying for weeks. Yeah, I'll be there. No I'm one's sure. gonna, no one's gonna go to work. <laughs> <laughs> but like, even next year, it's like let's fucking nail something down for WrestleMania. You know, let's just do an all night or all day or all night. Go for yeah, a roast. I'm let's down. just kick it old school. And let's do it. Let's do it. Everyone back. Be yes. Brilliant. Because we've not been able to. And I think everyone, as much as it's nice to see people at the moment, um, briefly whilst you can, and you're allowed and the restrictions are slowly being lifted and it's really cool. Um, there's still, there's still something that's kind of missing. And I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, like yeah. I'm enjoying what I've got at the moment, and I'm enjoying my time, and I'm enjoying being back at work and seeing friends. Um, but it's, it's but just it's, something, it's not it's just quite something. right. Yeah, no. But we'll get there. We will. I suppose we should ask you some questions, really, shouldn't we? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, just before um, Jamie, I just want to just publicly say like just thank you so much just because anybody that's working in the i know you've just like you've changed your career and you're working in the nhs now and i think any anybody that's part of our industry just deserves a fucking gold medal and a pay rise and not a fucking clap it would be not, but i can't take credit i haven't been there that long but no i know but you you're in there and you're on the firing line and yeah, i just I've, i think of, of all the negative stuff we've talked about and all the the politicians and all the other shit. I think the NHS is going is just comes out is like the greatest thing in the UK. 
Yeah, completely agree. Like I said, I've only I saw the back end of it, and what I've some of the things I've seen has been horrible. So the people that were there through the worst of it, I tip my fucking hat to them. I really yeah, man, know. absolutely. So anyway, take us back, my friend. Can you? Obviously, we we said like in the intro this passion for music. Can you remember where this came from, or is it something that's developed over the years? Like, is, you heard a record one day, and you're like, "That shit, I fucking love this." Or is it just you know music? It's just been all part of your life. Yeah, my dad. Without doubt. Um, if you know my dad, you know what an absolute legend he is anyway. Oh, yes. um, just every single time we got in the car and there was just something to listen to. Because he loved music. He was in a band back in the day in the 60s, 70s. He was in a band, um, a big band like in um, Haverford West, um, South Wales. He was in not like a band, but in like a I can't remember the sort of band he was in. But it was like a they just had loads of musicians, loads of instruments, um, and they played big venues. And uh, he just wow. played guitar. And um, yeah, we always had guitars in the house when we were younger, like me and my brother. Um, and most days we would sit there and sing Beatles songs. And my dad, <gasps> my dad would play guitar from probably when I was like six, seven, maybe, you know, at least until I was like 13, 14 and still going to school and trying to be cool. And then it was like, come back home, get the guitar out, dad. Come on. So, <laughs> I want to sing Let It Be. Um, <laughs> so the Beatles was huge. I'm not a massive Beatles fan now. I was, but then I've realized they weren't probably... I don't know if I should say this. I I don't think they were as good as people made out. But back when that was what I was listening to, they were they were the greatest, and I loved them. And they were they were charismatic, and they, that that influenced how I am. Like watching John Lennon and Paul McCartney um, as just the most outgoing, fun band to be around at the time, and also the biggest band in the world, um, probably the biggest band ever. Um, but my dad also had other tastes in music, like. Um, Dire Straits, um, Ario Speedwagon. I got onto those bands, and yeah, I just had music drilled into me from day one. And my mum was a huge Out and John fan. She had Out and John records, old school Out and John, like great, good records, like follow the Yellow, the Yellow Brick Road album. Um, so music was always in my house. I had it on all the time. It's funny you talk about the Beatles because I was exactly the same when I was growing up with my dad as well. He'd play the Beatles record every day, I think, at least. And uh, I was just like, she loves you, yeah. I used to love that song all the time. And I want to hold your hand was always followed it. You, and, can't, uh, you can't beat them. Like, for pop, pop maze and music, I don't know what you want to what genre you put them into they're to me they're just a pop band and i do respect them i i they're not a band i go back to very often but i do have massive respect for them and they are obviously when we touched upon rock band earlier um the beatles had a, their own edition of rock band yeah um, they did. and it was like can you sing harmonies like george harrison and those guys and like no you fucking can't <laughs> <laughs> like no one can no one can though no. <laughs> they're they're masters of their craft and say what you want about them. And they're just amazing. And that's, that's what I grew up on. I grew up on the Beatles. Incredible. But I've, we've, as we are saying with your music taste, it, it's so 
like what's the word I'm after here? It's so eclectic. That's the word I'm after. Great word. Yeah, word, isn't it? You know, I've I've known you to listen to fucking Taylor Swift, then go put Devil Driver on, and then I've heard you mention Dua Lipa loads lately, and obviously you know, <laughs> all over the fucking shop, like DMX, just names and pulling out the top of my hat. Is that? Do you reckon that comes from your dad, or is that over the years with different people you've spoken to and venues you played, etc., etc.? Where do you think that comes from? I think it just comes from. I just wanted to explore music and also growing up around like being in school, like in the mid nineties. Um, I think I grew up in the best time for music anyway. Um, and people will say the nineties was shit or what the eighties was shit or whatever, but I grew up in a time when grunge was still about. So we obviously, everyone liked Nirvana. Um, Smells Like Teen Spirit was covered by every school band. Um, <laughs> like every band. It may, it may be not one to like Nirvana. Um, I also had friends that were into Green Day and um, The Offspring was one of my favourite bands at the time. Um, and going back to what my dad, I said, Dad, can I just have a tenor to go and buy Smash by The Offspring? It had just come out. And I played it in his work. And I was just like, everyone in his work and I'm there skinny little kid and I'm like, I'm putting smash on by the offspring and you're going to like it. Um, <laughs> but, and then the, the new metal scene happened and then, um, yeah. And then pop music just because it's so great. And I think DJing um, propaganda all those years um, was just rock music. And then it wasn't until I got out of props and into, spoons i started gaining this new respect for like um pop artists so the pop was kind of a bit later um and maybe 25 year old me um you know drinking would think would want to punch me in the face for like loving <laughs> taylor swift and and all those artists but as you get older and we speak about it on my podcast it's like is it a is it a guilty pleasure well it's not really because you like it and you I've just I've just embraced the whole pop culture and well, you don't feel guilty for liking it do you exactly and I we've changed our question from what's your guilty pleasure to instead of asking that question we ask what is a musician that people wouldn't associate you with um because guilty pleasures is I don't think it really it shouldn't exist no, it, it might 10 to 10 years 10 15 20 years ago when people were a bit different it might have done um but now it, it shouldn't because I can wear a Dua Lipa t-shirt out and I've got a Dua Lipa t-shirt and I've seen her live and she is hands down one of the biggest artists in the world right now. And she just writes absolute bangers. And that's, that's the reason why I like her music because it is so good. Yeah, it's fair. I can't say I blame her at all. So um, I suppose when you're a DJ as well, obviously you kind of need that differentiation in tastes of different musics because otherwise if you're asked to play like R&B, for example, and you're like, mm -hmm. well, it's shit, I don't really like it, you're not really going to pull it off. Because obviously we're going to get into the DJ stuff now anyway, but I mean like um, you, you, you can't pigeonhole yourself into one genre because then you can only play one certain venue rather than spreading out and playing yeah. all these different other places because you you know you start banging these bangers out. I remember I've been with you and you've played songs and gone, fuck, I forgot all about this. This is yeah. phenomenal. 
phenomenal. Like um, Tony Temper and stuff like yeah. that. Like, absolutely incredible, incredible scenes. But how did DJing actually begin? Like, what made you go, I want to start smashing oh. up Irish people to dance to? Well, it's, it is probably the time when me and Jamie were hanging out, actually, um, quite a lot. Um, we were going to propaganda a little bit. Um, and we were, you know, I think, yeah, you were quite, quite propaganda quite a lot, weren't you, Jay? Um, um, to start off with, yeah. Yeah, so we were going to props, a few of us. Um, I didn't, and I was like, this is, this is cool. Um, <laughs> and I'd been to, like, there was, like, there was a proper metal night in Cheltenham, like industrial metal, and it was great, but it was, like, it's just metal. And I was like, it's only, it's only, I, it was actually in Poonanar, and then it moved to another venue. And I was like, I do like metal music, but I, I can't listen to it all night. I really can't. I like, they wouldn't play Green Day and they wouldn't play Blink and they wouldn't play Nirvana. It would just be like Ramstein followed by Nine Inch Nails, followed by Sepultura, followed by, you know, any heavy band. Yeah. So we started going to props and it was a student night and I was a little bit older than a student, but it was, it was fine, but it was a proper student night, but we started going and um, started chatting to the DJ a bit. Um, and he was like, I've got a night at the night owl as well. Come to that on a Friday. So we were going out Thursday and Friday um, and we're going to the night owl and just chatting to the DJ. It's Clive, obviously. Um, and it was back in the MySpace days. Yeah, and we all had we all had MySpace, and I just messaged him on a whim, just thinking, "Mate, I really, I, I, I said I really like chatting to you. Um, you're a cool guy. Um, we're similar age. Um, he's a little bit older, I think. And I was like, you, you're only do, you're doing like four or five hours. Do you not ever want a break? <laughs> like now knowing that I would never have a break in a four hour day. <laughs> I was like. But I work at Sainsbury's and you get quarter of an hour for four hours. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> well, you did by then, you got to work six now. Um, but I was like, oh, if you ever, you know, if I would, I would love to do it. And he basically replied about an hour later and I was like, oh, I've got a message off Jinx on MySpace. <laughs> <laughs> and he just basically said, right write out a set list for 45 minutes to an hour. Just write a set list. What would you play? And he went, it's, um, it's, he said, I sound, it sounds a bit silly me asking this. Cause I know you like, I know you know what all the songs are anyway, but so I just wrote a set list of like bangers, like no something you wouldn't do now. Cause you do need a few like in between tracks to kind of mix it up. But it was just like 20 stone cold, dance floor mosh pit songs mm. and he was like okay put all those songs onto a couple of cds and come to the night and i was like you fucking what and he, he just said come to the night owl. and I, and we made a bit i don't know i can't remember if you were there jamie or not but we made a big deal out of it like me and dan and all the all the lads we were like damon's gonna dj at the night owl like what the fuck's that about and it just started there and i was just I was taught the basics, the absolute basics. Um, press play, use a slider, take the CD out, put the CD in, change the track number. Basic, very basic. And then as time progressed, it was like, oh, this is cue points and faders and, you know, 
change the BPM. And, and it, I guess it was kind of like an internship. Um, <laughs> like, okay. And then, and then about a month later, he was like, um, do you want to do the first hour at props on Thursday? And I was like, whoa, because props was always rammed from the doors opening. Like there was no mm. in between. There was no, there was no chill out two hours at the start of the night. It was the cl- the queue for when it was opening was down the end of the road. And, you, these days. and I was like the first hour at props to loads of people. And so I was like, I've got to change it a little bit. So I started, I put in, put in loads of different tracks and he was like, that was good. And then he started letting me do the last hour. And I was like, all right, this is worrying. Because <laughs> <laughs> if you fuck it up, then you're like, it's the last hour, it's packed. They're, everyone's drunk, they want a good time. So I changed the set list a bit, put in what I wanted to play. And then, yeah, that's how it started. Um, and then eventually, uh, I don't know if I'm going too far, but- No, carry on. Yeah, Clive moved on. I got my own room at Props. Um, we did some festivals and the rest is history. You only had your own room. Like, those are the days back in propaganda times. Like, I lived for Thursday night. Yeah. Just lived for it every week. Just loved every second of it. It was just perfect. It was. Um, yeah. When it was downstairs. When it was downstairs and, like, it was you and Clive mixing up and stuff. It was just phenomenal. And then when you got you, then you did downstairs by yourself or they moved to the middle room at that point. I used to do a cup because, um, yeah, Clive was just getting more gigs elsewhere. So I'd sometimes have to cover his, the whole night, which I was cool with doing. Um, and it was great fun. Um, then it was like um, our friend Jack Higgins was in charge of props. Yes. And he was like, um, so we're changing the format a little bit. and We want you to just do this bottom floor stuff on your own in the middle floor. And Clive's going to do pop, um, R&B, oh, hip hop. Yes. Um, so me and Clive were spending less time together, but we were in the same club playing music and we, we were killing it along with like John, John Wilden upstairs playing indie. It was, yeah, for a, for a couple of years, it was, it was really, really successful. It was spot on. So, Can you remember oh, the first set you did? Yeah, I can. I've got pictures of it. And like I said, we made a bit of a bit of a big deal of it. Um, we were pre-drinking probably at my house somewhere. Um, yeah. And then it was just like, shit, I'm going to do some DJ and this is weird. And it wasn't really DJ and it wasn't like mixing. I didn't know what I was fucking doing. Um, I was just, choo- I was choosing the songs and I was getting to play them myself. I get what, I get what you're saying. It's not really DJ, but I remember I covered for you one time. Oh, in the, pigs. in the pigs. Yeah. yeah, And it's fucking nerve wracking as hell. Yeah. Because especially for the first time, because you don't know what sort of music or songs the audience is going to appreciate. And it was that, that night I went, okay, this is fucking harder than it looks. Yeah. It's like, do you have things or actions that you sort of look out for in a crowd that you're like, this isn't working. I need to mix this up. It's not going down right tonight. Or do you just, you've got the songs you want and you fucking go for it. Um, I'm gonna sound a little bit big-headed here, um, but amongst like amongst the DJs that I DJ with, like John Weldon and Clive, are two of my closest friends, they have both told me on numerous occasions that, or I'm not, 
I'm not the best DJ. I will. I hold my hands up to that every single time. I I know what I'm doing and I can do it and I can pull it off. Um, I I'm not technically gifted. I can't DJ on vinyl. Um, there are D, there are millions and millions of DJs that do it better than me. Um, but they will both tell me that my biggest skill when I'm DJing is I know exactly what to play and when to play it, and. I don't know why, or I mean, obviously it probably just goes to my love of all types of music. I can just find a song. If I'm stuck, I'll have a go-to song and I can, I just, I know it'll work. And then you go from there. So one or two might not work. And as a DJ, you've got to be prepared for that. You've got to be prepared to think not every single song you're going to play that night is going to go down really, really well. It's just, if something's not going down well, what is it you're going to play next? To, yeah, to bring it back because you can't exactly stop the song halfway through and go. Sorry, you folks, <laughs> you just gotta you just gotta ride it, and then the next you just gotta make sure the next one works. And for for whatever reason, I that's one of my that's one of my biggest skills as you know a DJ that's played massive venues and I've got a long longevity that's just lasted, and it's probably because of that. So I I don't. You know, like again, it's not to sound big-headed, but if I can, if I play a stinker, the next one I'll follow up with will usually help me out a little bit. It's good at reading the room. Yeah, and you know, I I do take requests. I love talking to punters. Like if people in spoons are coming up to me, yeah, it's a bit annoying if you're trying to, if you're in the middle of like doing a mix. But I do love talking to people, and it just goes back to what we were talking about at the start. It's like. I'm quite a chatty person. And um, if some drunk 50 year old woman comes up to me in spoons, I'll chat to her and I'll play a song because I'm sometimes, you know, that's what they want. And you got, if you make everyone happy, then you'll be all right. <laughs> I just ever fuck you off though. And people come up and they're like, so how'd you do it? And they stand the booth oh. and start like, <laughs> like, do you mind? So I'm trying to, you it's know, like do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I know it's a it's a bugbear for a lot of DJs and yeah for everyone it's like can I ever go can I plug my phone in will you play this song off YouTube and what no it's yeah if you got can I put my phone into your computer and you can play this off YouTube it happens like people are idiots but for every idiot you get someone that's a bit more respectful and they will ask for a genuine song and they will come and thank you for what you're doing and. You t- just take the good with the bad. You're going to be fucking an absolute hero once all this stuff, lockdown starts to fuck off. <laughs> Everyone's going to be loving it. Like we said earlier, everyone's going to be outside naked partying. So I'll soundtrack it. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> so how did the festivals happen then? So you're DJing clubs and stuff. Like, How did you manage to make it up to the next level? Well, again, Clive was a big, you know, big factor with that um, for the first part. Um, and then with the second part, it was a guy called Jim Lockie. Um, but to explain the first part, um, Clive was working for a headphone company um, and he just rang me one morning and was like, are you going to download? And I was like, nah, probably not. And I was like, I'm not really into like massive festivals. I, I, I love festivals, but it was just like, I'm a bit older. I can't really do that anymore. And he was like, do you want to DJ a download? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and 
he was like, oh, okay, so this is the deal. Um, I won't talk about figures and money, but he was like, this is the deal. We're going Friday morning. Um, you're going to DJ Friday, Saturday, Sunday, six hours. And yeah, and I was like, we get to see the bands in the day. Yeah, we're camping VIP. Yeah, let's do it. I was I was naive. I was a bit naive um, as of because I'd never done festivals, but I just said yeah. I just said yeah. I want to do it. I, it's something you can't turn down. Um, so we did download the first year. It was amazing. It was so good. And I don't know if this is where your question is coming on to, but the sec for the second year, Tom. Um, but yeah, so the first year was amazing. It was literally I had the time of my life. Um, and then I got invited back the second year. And I was a bit more savvy to what was going on. Um, and probably against my better judgment, I took the piss a little bit. Um, which is quite hard to admit, but, you know, I, I messed up. And Tom knows the story. Um, oh, yes, I do. But I got away. It, it was fine. And it was, you know, war under the bridge. And, uh, but it, yeah, doing download was absolutely amazing. And I did the same slots again, three hours. Didn't get to see any headliners. Um, but it was just amazing. It was just, yeah, download. It changed my opinion of a big festival. And I was, I we used to go to Reading all the time, obviously. And you came with us, Jay. And um, we used to just do Reading as youngsters because it was the greatest festival in the world. And I could run around all day and drink all day for four days and i could um i can't so much now um <laughs> and i didn't think i'd be able to do a download but it was it worked all right and i i it changed my opinion that a big festival doesn't have to be like reading um because download is 20 times and like better in how it's run um the space um, and the setup is just phenomenal. Reading are obviously up in their game this year, and and because of COVID, and they're changing the layout of the festival to have two bigger stages instead of one. But Download have been doing that for years. Like Download have had two massive outdoor stages um, for years. They and it's it works amazing, and I was so impressed. It's a shame, it's a shame that Download lost this with the Download, isn't it? Next year. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's. Fuck you, COVID, you piece of shit. COVID. Still got kissed though, it's fine. Still got kissed. Oh, yeah. And death tones, <laughs> but that's cool. Yeah, and then, and then, um, so the third year for download, I wasn't invited back, which was fine. I was like, you, I'm, I'm okay with that. I was like, I know I, I did wrong. And I was in the frog and fiddle and I was talking to a guy called Jim Lockie, who's uh, a fabulous singer. Um, and his band is amazing. And he probably won't see this, but he's such a good dude. And we were just chatting. He was like, uh, so you're DJing Trees this year? And I was like, no, I've never DJed 2000 Trees. He was like, why? I was like, because it's 2000 Trees and it's amazing. And it's like, for me at the time, I know I'd done Download, but 2000 Trees was the pinnacle. It's like my favorite festival in the world. I absolutely adore it. The people that run it are amazing, and I've met a few of them. Um, it's just the greatest festival to exist. And I'm, I know it might sound like I'm blowing smoke out their asses, but it's in fucking Cheltenham. It's 10 minutes from my house. It's 
it's mind blowing that that <laughs> fest, it blows my mind that that festival is so close, and the bands that I get to see and the friends I get to see, it's like my ultimate you know dream. Yeah. So they're like, you've got a DJ, and I was like, how do I go about that? And he was just like, just leave it with me. And then two days later, I got an email from the sign disco company who which wasn't the same company as i did for download and they were like yeah do you want to come and do a set and i'm like what and it was the same moment it, i was i was in exactly the same mind space as when clive said do you want to play the nile it was exactly the same like download i was like okay i would love to do it and i'll do it and i can i know i can do it 2000 trees was different i felt so different when i got asked to do trees that was like Fuck. Like a dream come true. Unbelievable. And they were like, yeah, we need you to do, um, it's, it's a, I, th- I can't even remember. It was a four hour, it's a four hour set. It's in the cave. And I was like, in the cave, which is, if you've not been to 2000 Trees, the cave is like the second stage. And it's, it's big. It's a small festival second stage. Um, but the bands that have played on that stage, like the Wonder Years, um, While She Sleeps, like all those bands have played that stage that it's the heaviest stage. And they're like, we want you to do a rock set in the, in the second stage. And they said, we can't pay you, but we'll reimburse your ticket money. And I was nice. like, that's fucking perfect. I was like, I, I would do this for free. Like I would do it for free. And um, I did it. And the organizer um, came on the stage and he was like, whoa and he couldn't believe it it was going off and i was djing with john weldon on the other channel um and it was just the greatest night it was i kind of i had a moment whilst i was on stage i kind of broke down a little bit and i i cried for about a minute um away from the stage so i i pressed play on a song and i had to walk off because i was just so overwhelmed with what was going on and i know it doesn't sound it doesn't sound much because there was probably there's probably only like a thousand people in there in that tent but it's a festival i've been going to for a long long time and it just it meant the world to me to be there and to play and also it's like at download and reading all the people there are not your friends but at yeah. trees you know that at trees you know there's a lot of people there are your mates and they're rooting for you like when i go and see a friend's band play trees i'm rooting for them and it it just felt like at that time they were rooting for me and it was, it was something I've never experienced before. Incredible. It's like a proper dream come true moment, you know, but you say it's not very big, but for you, that's fucking massive. And I've seen Clive DJ there before. I I went with Clive a few times. The first time I went was with Clive and he got me a VIP pass and he was DJing. And then, but I'd never really thought about it. I was like, it's not going to happen because John Weldon DJs there every year and he's, he's the Don. Um, there's other great DJs there. And yeah, to be asked to play there was amazing. And I, I did really well. And then the silent disco company were like, well, you're part of our roster now and you've got to go to other festivals. So that's how Reading happened. That's what I was just about to ask you. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I thought that was a propaganda. Was that a propaganda? Um, sorry. What was that? Was Reading not with propaganda? So no, no, Reading wasn't with propaganda. Reading, yeah, I did the second year at Trees and then they said, um, would you like to do Reading? And I was like, well, Jamie knows my history with Reading and going every single year from 
2000 to 2010. I went every year. Yeah. It was a big fucking deal. And I, I said to myself in 2011, which was the first year I went to Trees, I was like, A, I'm never going to a big festival ever again because Trees were so good. And B, I'm never fucking going to Redden again because that place is huge and it's ridiculous and I can't cope with it. And then they said, do you want to DJ Redden? <laughs> Back on what I said. Fucking want to do Joe Rogan, and that was because they they knew that I it wasn't as a rock DJ. It was more of what I do on a Saturday in Spoons, which is R and B, hip hop, pop music, drum bass, all that stuff. And they were like, "Just come and do it." So I was actually on the same channel as John Weldon. We were doing our slots on and off. Um, I we spent the whole weekend there. Um, it was unreal and we were DJing I say against it's not against they're on another channel um, and if you uh, if you've not been to a headphone disco you get a pair of headphones and you can choose which DJ you listen to and there's no loud music it's just all three headphones so all the DJs can hear is just singing and it's it is literally the greatest experience the first time I ever did it a download was it blew my mind and Reading was like, you got the propaganda, propaganda DJs on one channel and me and John Weldon on this channel. And that weekend was just ridiculous. Like we drank a lot, we pied a lot, but we absolutely smashed it every night. And the propaganda DJs were so good as well. And there were 6,000 people in that tent. Oh, it's, the, it's the biggest to the biggest amount of people I've ever played to. Um, there's an amazing video on YouTube. If you search for Propaganda Reading Festival 2018, I think it was 2018 I played. Yeah, 2018, um, Silent Disco Propaganda. And if you search for it, and Propaganda did an amazing promo video for it. And you can literally just see me and John on stage, like just going for it. And the amount of people in that tent was just unreal. Unreal. Can you remember walking out and seeing that many people? Yeah. I mean, we had, we obviously had to set up anyway. And I was just thinking, this is big, isn't it? Um, John was like, it's, it's a lot bigger than trees. I mean, trees is like a thousand people in the tent. This is like five, six times bigger. We reckon there was like 6,000 people in there. So that would have been nearly 20,000 people we played to over the weekend. Um, yeah, when you work it out, yeah, fuck. When you work it out. And obviously people come in and out. So it might have been more than 20,000 in total that got to go into that Sun Disco tent, which is ridiculous when you think about it. It's a lot of headphones. Over three <laughs> nights. Oh, yeah, just over three nights. And yeah, 20,000 plus probably went through that tent and heard me and John... On, on that channel. That's incredible. Are you, are you talking to people as well, like as doing the deal? Oh, is it literally just tunes? No, I was, I'm massive on the microphone. Um, <laughs> oh, I know you are normally. I wasn't sure if you were doing that. But the thing about the sign disco is because they've only got the headphones to kind of get them into a vibe. And you're kind of doing battle with the other channel, but you're not because you want to kind of like make it just a great night for everybody. There's so much hype. Like the, like, the microphone is like stuck in my hand. Like, just get like, 
go people on channel a let's go come on and then and they're like oh my god it's us and they go for it and they absolutely go for it and honestly if you if any point of any song you go people on channel a let me hear you scream and then you just and you listen and then all you can is and it's it's mad because so cool but yeah, like I said, it goes back to it before, like a, a silent disco DJ wouldn't work if you're not a microphone person. It wouldn't. Yeah. It's not the same experience, which is why I guess for me, it, it works perfectly because I do like to have a bit of a chat. Yeah. Obviously, Sometimes, I'm- you know, I'm not supposed to, but <laughs> there, are, <laughs> there, there are, there is a club that I play that don't really like you being on the microphone but at headphone disco yeah you, you have to have that microphone permanently in your hand sometimes you might as well just be listening to spotify yeah <laughs> because you're not there to see a dj you're there to party with your friends but you still want some interaction yeah and so yeah headphone discos is is all about how you are with the crowd as well it's a massive massive part so when it comes to preparing a set and whatnot is it a different approach you'd take doing the festivals and you would play in a club or is it pretty much the same? It was, I think the first time I did Reading, it was going to be a different approach until I realised a lot of the stuff that I played on a Saturday in Spoons would work perfectly anyway. Um, and I thought, oh, what can we do? What can we do? And then just play Beyonce and it's fine. <laughs> And people still want to go hard to the big R&B songs, the big hip-hop songs. It's exactly the same. Um, the youngsters at Reading, like it's a young crowd now. It's like it's traditionally now a, a post-GCSE, post-A-level crowd. Um, end of, you know, you get your results and it's the end of August. It's the last party of the summer. Um, the crowd is so different now. When we used to go as um, kids paying to get in, it was a rock and metal festival. Mm. Reading was a rock festival. Slayer playing Metallica, you know, that was what it was. It was big metal bands, a pop stage, sorry, not a pop stage, a pop punk stage and hardcore music, not hardcore, like happy hardcore, like hardcore punk and metal. That was all the music there. Occasionally they would book 50 Cent or the Rasmus and try and mix it up and it didn't work. But it got to the point with Reading where they just went from, we're not booking those bands anymore. We are going the total opposite end of the scale. We're going to make the festival bigger and it's going to be a a GCSE A-level thing. And it's now Post Malone, you know, big indie bands are massive at Reading, um, you know, Arctic Monkeys, who I love anyway. But it's, I saw Dua Lipa at Reading on the main stage. Now, 10 years ago, that sort of artist wouldn't have been playing that festival. But now there's a lot of like artists in that genre um, or in that mold that are playing that festival and they are high up on the, on the stages, they're headlining. Um, yeah. And if you look at the festival, which is, but this year, I mean, Queens of the Stone Age are headlining, but the other headliners and the other big bit of artists are either indie or pop. And there's there's not a lot of rock and metal about. There is UK rock, like Yumi at six fall into the that sort of category, but there's no like like Slayer wouldn't be playing there anymore. 
I mean, I know they've um, stopped, but they wouldn't. Mean, yeah. They wouldn't be booked for that festival anymore. They wouldn't go near it. Um, they wouldn't be booking heavy bands for the main stage like they used to. Just going back to the club scene a second, like because obviously there's not a lot of alternative venues anymore, especially mm. with like small towns like Cheltenham, because obviously you just have the pigs, um, you had props and you had the night owl. Now you've got the pigs and potentially the frog. But I know the frog don't really do a lot of DJ sets, so they have more like bands and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. But so I suppose having again going back to the music taste and everything, you had to sort of adapt anyway. Yeah. Because otherwise you'd have been pigeonholed to one place. And there's obviously quite a few DJs that DJ there anyway. Yeah. And um, it's funny you mentioned that because when I was in the pigs on Saturday night and I was talking to um Charlie Glover, who's a young up-and-coming DJ in Cheltenham. He's been in the, in the scene for a, a couple of years. He went through exactly the same way that I went. He, you know, Clive picked him up and Clive taught him how to do it and he's got his own night style. And and he said to me, like, am I missing a trick? Because you grew up on metal and punk and stuff and now you DJ what I'm DJing. But he's not got that string to his bow. But it's not necessarily that important anymore. Like, you are right. Like back in the day, there was alternative clubs all over the place. Yeah. Um, it might be different in other towns. Like you're in Birmingham, Jay. We, we've been to clubs in Birmingham where there's alternative music and the scene's a bit different. But in Cheltenham, yeah, it's just, I mean, even the clubs in Gloucester, like Crackers, that used to be a big rock night, they're not there anymore. So I was just happy to be DJing somewhere else that wasn't props when I got asked to do spoons and I kind of had a, a certain amount of knowledge of what to play there anyway. Cause I was, mm. I was working there on a Saturday night behind the bar. So I knew the sort of stuff that the DJ would be playing. I knew the music. It was just pulling it all together. And then once you do that and I, like I was playing same artists every week, but I was just growing an appreciation for that sort of music. And like you said, when you, you mentioned tiny temper earlier, it's like, that's a banger. Written stars. We know it is. Yeah, it's we know it's a banger. We know Sia songs are huge and people sing along to it. And it's for me, yeah, it was just about trying to op- open my horizon of what was out there. And and it did that and it worked an absolute treat. Because if I wasn't doing Weatherspoons um on a Saturday night, I I would definitely not have been able to get away with doing Reading. I'd have been like a duck in headlights i'd have been yeah. i've had no chance duck in headlights a lot. i'd have just been like no not for me because i don't know any of the music it took me a few years to you know get not so much a reputation but just to feel comfortable playing music that i wouldn't normally necessarily listen to at home nice. i meant to ask earlier i just realized you were saying like you grew up playing your dad playing guitar and you singing along yeah. and whatnot did you never want to learn to play an instrument? I just couldn't. I couldn't <laughs> get around it. I My dad really tried. Um, still sick of rock, bad mind. Um, say, I've heard yeah. you blast out some Devil Driver vocals. I, can, I know they're I can, there. I can press that blue and red button like no one else. But <laughs> when it comes to, when it comes to musical instrument, I guess I, I just never got a grip to it. I just, I just couldn't do it. I don't know why. I I still think I'd like to learn maybe bass or something. Um, but I just, I don't know. Time time consuming. Maybe my fingers aren't right. I don't know. I just 
I would have loved to, I would love to be able to play guitar, but I, again, I think it comes back to like when I mentioned about like doing DJ in set, do DJ sets online, you want to do it right. And you want to, you don't want to put out a shit product. And I think with guitar and I, I just give up pretty quickly because I just could not do it. And I, I'm like, if anyone ever tries to hear me play this, then like, no. <laughs> so I said in the intro, uh, you're somewhat of an advocate for the local music scene. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know, uh, to my knowledge, at least two local bands that you've got tattoos on. That shows how much you love that shit. Yeah. As, how did you first like discover how much local talent there was? Because like the amount of bands I've seen you list off in the local scene is yeah. ridiculous. Well, we were always going to spend shows and four foot finger shows in Cheltenham. Like they like I I spoke about it with one of the lads on the podcast that I do. Like he was going to like four foot finger shows when he was like and like sixteen. It was like fifteen or fourteen or overs it. Um, Branson's or other places like that and yeah I just loved going to local shows because I've always gone to gigs I've always I used to travel with my my mates from school we would go to Cardiff every other weekend to see you know Ash or Reef or you know in in the late 90s early 2000s whatever bands are about and we got into the Welsh scene a, a lot more because we were there a lot and we saw we saw all the bands there, um, you know, Funeral for a Friend a bit later on. Um, the band we won't mention were, yeah. I used to love going to see them. Um, we saw them like 30 to 50 times, like in little venues in Cardiff. Um, all those bands, we, we, we just went to Cardiff most weekends to see, to see bands playing in Barfly or Club I Fall Back or the uni. Um, and then, yeah, I guess it wasn't a bit. It wasn't until like later on that I started just going to out in Cheltenham a bit more and going to the gigs in Cheltenham, and and I was DJing a little bit as well. I think it was more. It was around then, and some of the guys in the bands I'd met whilst I was at Propaganda, so it was kind of an easy transition to be like, Do you, "Are you come see our band?" and and it was like yeah, I'll come see your band. Are you coming out Thursday to see me play? And it was kind of like that. And also one of the girls I worked with in uh, the bank house, um, Liv, she was in a band as well. So I would go out and see her band, see support bands, and then you just meet friends. You know, you just become friends with these guys because you're there a lot. And friends with like Ollie Roylance, um, who was, you know, obviously his job stopped lockdown but he was putting on he's put on bands every fucking day um there was always something to go and see at the frog there was before that there was always something to go and see at the pigs um tom's band played at the pigs in like the height of when bands were playing there every fucking day um the the posters were like massive um so i just loved going to shows um yeah and became really really good friends with a lot of the people in those bands. Are you looking forward to them coming back? Obviously I am. Yeah. I mean, I've missed local shows. I've, I'm, I'm a massive, massive fan of a band called Holding Absence. Um, and Ollie put them on before their debut come out and they just blown up. And there, there was like 30 people in the frog watching Holding Absence. And now if they play anywhere, it sells out. Um, I listened to their new album today, mate. I know. 
absolute masterpiece. It's yeah. unbelievable. Every song is so catchy from start to finish. And love they're it. just so good. And when they played The Frog, they didn't have anything out. I just went because I was like, I'd heard of them and I knew this, the singer has got and and like he's got a Joe Green voice. Um, <laughs> yeah, and honestly, I I said to Joe the other day, I was like, "You're you're now not the guy." Like, <laughs> obviously, he is. He is the guy. Like, we know he's the guy. Um, but this guy from Holding Absence has got a fucking pair of lungs, man. And I went to see him on the back of the reputation that he had as a live singer. And there was, yeah. I don't I don't remember it being busy. I just remember it being an amazing like half an hour set that they played and then anything they released I just wanted. Um but that's like that's a band that from Wales that have just managed to catch a bit of success, which is amazing for them. But there are other bands in the, in Cheltenham that are talented and so good. I mean, I said Jim Lockie, if you Jim Lockie and the Solemn Sun, amazingly talented band. I just can't speak highly enough of them. Um, and we all know how I feel about Empire and about Joe Green. Um, five guys who, like, three of the guys in that band uh, are still really good friends of mine. And, um, yeah, Joe and me, obviously, Joe obviously does the podcast with me. I wouldn't have wanted anybody else to do it with me um, because he's just, he's the fucking greatest. <laughs> He is a wonderful human being. Obviously, he's and, been on the show before. So. And he's just, yeah, like I used to go and see his and Ben's band, The Divine Secret, when they were playing and touring um, in Cheltenham and playing all the venues. Then Joe got me onto his new band, The Me Me Me's. And I took my dad to see him at the St. Paul's Tavern. I took my dad to see Empire at the Pigs. Like, it's just... Yeah, he, whatever he touches is is amazing. It's just, I, it's a shame that they've not ever really. He's not stellar because I thought with Empire he was going to go big, and it so, kind of, yeah. yeah. But still an amazing band. Still love listening to that record. Amazing. Jamie, you need to listen to Hold Absence, Jamie. Listen to that new yeah, album. I'll, I'll check them out. It's unbelievable. To fair, I keep doing this. You keep telling me to listen to someone. Then about six months later, I'll remember. And I'll be like, <laughs> I really should have listened to that sooner. That was really good. He did. Uh, day. He only sent us to Bury Tomorrow about a month ago. Now absolutely loves them. So you'll come, you'll, you'll come into that show on my birthday then? Yeah. Um, when are Bury, Bury Tomorrow in Bristol? Yeah. Is it Bristol? No, November 21st. You're in. I might try and go to that. I can't wait. So as we talk about local bands and whatnot, you've got ears on, ears from all around the world listening. Is there, is, is there like three or four bands that you think people should definitely go and fucking check out from the local scene? Well, I would really love, I mean, obviously Empire would were a favourite of mine just because they were really good friends. And I saw, I got to see them the same year, the year I DJed at Download, they played Download. Um, so I think it's fair to say they were quite a big band anyway. Um but they're obviously not active, but I'd still suggest that people go and check out Deaf as a Girl. Um, they're on Spotify. They've got an EP. They're, I went to a fir- the first couple of shows they did. I went up to Birmingham. Um, I, the Lion, are another three, three lads, really, really good friends of mine. I love them all to pieces. Um, Biffy Clyro kind of vibe. Um, 
super talented. Again, will they ever get massive? It's it's doubtful, but I still think they deserve people's time. I still think people should be able to go, well, I've listened to them and I can give you an opinion. I think they're brilliant. Um, and the other band, I, I'm i not sure if I mentioned them earlier. No, I mentioned it on the podcast earlier. So yeah, I've not mentioned them on this one. Um, is a band from Swindon called All Is A Val. Um, and they're just ridiculously good. They're super, super talented they are amazing at the whole social media side. Um, they just started a TikTok account for fuck's sake. Um, <laughs> and but they're they're on the ball with everything they're doing. Um, and I just think they're great. They've got they're a pop punk, you know, band with synths and pianos, and they just sound fucking amazing. And they make me so happy when I watch them live. And they are four genuinely, genuinely wonderful people. Um, Amazing. Yeah, similar vein to kind of Paramore because Claire's the the front woman of the band. Um, she's just got a fucking great voice. Um, so yeah, those bands definitely. But um, I really, I'd also like to promote a band called Down Not Out. Um, they're a local band. I didn't really know much about them, and then we interviewed Joe, the singer, for our podcast, and I played one of their songs at the Two Pigs over the weekend, and it just went down really, really well. And I loved it, and I loved their EP and their album. Um, so they're another band to check out as well. That's a point. Has anyone, has like members of the band been in the room when you've played their songs? Because I, I know you've played local bands when you're playing the song. Yeah. So one sense. of the one of the other girls from the band um, Down and Out was actually in the Pigs on Saturday Night, and me and Sam, the other DJ, spotted her, and I was like, I interviewed the singer the other day. So I text the singer, and I was like, I'm gonna. Um, I'm playing your song and she was like yeah I know my bandmates just sent me a video of her dancing around to it um, <laughs> so it's I, I love playing local bands like it it goes back to that whole like I, I love going to see their bands I'll play them and that's why I get on well with people because I I can't do it I can't play a guitar I can't do what they're doing I can I can stand there for six hours and play other people's music but I can't stand there for 40 minutes and play my own um and i yeah at trees at trees especially like there's a band called bar fight who i've like they're like a hardcore band then the music is like not a lot of bands like that play at trees but i still fucking throw down their song it's like a two minute like heavy quick banger and they're just like you played our song again this is ridiculous and i play all is about i've played empire at trees i played the me me me's at download just because i could and that's why you're an ambassador for local music. Because... I knew Joe. I knew Joe was there, and I was like, "I'm going to play me me me." So I know people. <laughs> I know people aren't going to dance to it, and I know they don't know it. But at least they'll have heard it. And you're in charge. Who gives a shit? So yeah, <laughs> my rules. <laughs> so you've mentioned it quite a fair bit. I think it's only fair that we get to it. Your podcast, the Gatefold Gateway. How is that what it's called, Jamie? Yeah. Did I say it wrong? Apparently you have on occasion before. Yeah, gateway, I get gatefold, it. Yeah. Uh, I get it mixed up all the fucking time. I thought I got it right this time. I even double checked it. I was just sorry. I'm so I'm sorry. Just I was writing my notes earlier. I was like, I have got it right around this time, haven't I? Cool. Yes. Gatefold gateway. How yeah, did that become? How did it, how was it born? So yeah, like October last year. Um I was like, well, for the last two years, I guess. 
Um, I've been listening to a podcast every single week called Sapnin. Um, and it's the singer from the Blackout who were a big Welsh um, band in that scene, um, a guy called Sean Smith. Um, and he does a podcast called Sapnin with another guy called Morgan, who's a music journalist from South Wales. Um, and they interview musicians and they interview like top dog top dog musicians and i'm like not like dave grohl but charlie simpson um uh winston from partway drive um they've had newfound glory on there they, john feldman john feldman from goldfinger um they get great people on their podcast and people that i want to listen to like the guy from um Parkway Drive. I was like, I want to listen to what he's saying because I fucking love Parkway Drive. Um, I know that we can't necessarily do that, but I was like, I really want to chat to musicians, but I don't want to steal their idea and talk about them. Like this is what you guys do. You you talking about your guest? I was right. like, I just want to talk about music. I just want to talk about records because I fucking love records. I'm a huge vinyl collector. I I don't listen to singles. I want the whole work and. So I was like, I really want to do something because I'm going to be bored during lockdown and I know it's coming. Um, so I thought a podcast would be a way of doing it. So I got in touch with Joe and we chatted about it and I said, look, I think we could do it. And Joe knows a lot of people. Like I say, I know a few. Joe knows everyone. Like um, he knows people. And I was like, if we do it together, you could get some cool people um i can get a few cool people um and maybe we could just do like a a desert island desert island disc sort of thing where you just not your top five albums but we'll come up with some questions and we'll just chat about bands and he was like he was super keen from the start um i had the name in my head because obviously being a vinyl collector i've got gatefold vinyls and i was like gateway where where do you where did you start your musical career? Like, what was the first record you bought? And so it's like a gatefold gateway into people's like musical history through albums that they love. It's a very know. clever name. It's a great yeah. name. And I come up with it. And I was so <laughs> you. I was like, that's, that's pretty good. Um, and I yeah, like I said, it's I had to learn how to do it. I reached out to you guys um because you were doing yours, and I was like, okay probably know some stuff like i mean it's it's basic what i do you're doing it exactly the same way as i do it on a zoom call yeah. um there's not really many other ways you can go about it um at the moment anyway at the moment um and i was just said to joe i was like let's start booking and we did like 10 interviews and then i had to learn i i i spoke to jamie about like how do you put it out there um so yeah i was just like learning more software more programs and it was all right i enjoyed it and learned how to do like editing not massive amounts but enough to make an episode mm. and then yeah we just recorded with um james who was in empire we did two recordings of that episode um we did like we sat down and had a few beers and we just did a, like a mock one of how it would go and then two days later we were back on a Zoom call. We recorded it. Um, I didn't even know Zoom could record. 
Zoom came Zoom came, became popular when lockdown happened, didn't it? Yes. Like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Com- yeah. Companies were like, we need that. And Zoom now is like, must be worth the same as Spotify. Um, <laughs> but they they found a niche in the market that every single company needs because you can't go to work. But I, so I didn't realize you could record. Um, I was like, so I said to Jamie, I was like, and all, all the sound comes through. And he's like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. And I was like, this is so weird. <laughs> and so we did it. And I was like, well, how do you like edit bits? Like if someone says inappropriate things. Um, I was like, oh, well, I use this software. It's free. And I downloaded that software. And I've taught myself how to do the very basics. Amazing. That's all I know um, as I do on there. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I don't care about like the fade in and fade out and all that jazz. I've just, you know, I, I've done a podcast with Joe with somebody and we had to cut 20 minutes out because it was inappropriate, but we had a laugh about it and no one will ever hear it. <laughs> I deleted it, but it was just, it was amazing. I was like, we've just put an episode. I've got an episode on Spotify. I can go on Spotify and my podcast is there. It's, it's so weird. It's so weird. It's and I was cool. like, I, I still can't fathom it. And I was like, it's on Apple Podcasts as well. Right. Yeah, we've not got around to the whole YouTube thing, and Joe's not very uh, keen for that. And we've we're not really going to go that way. I know you guys do, and it's it's amazing. It's what works for you. Um, you guys got like lots of graphics, very visual. We're not. I I'm not a very graphic kind of person. I can't do design. I can't draw. Um, if you ask me to draw a man, it'll be a stick man. Um, <laughs> I lit. I I have no graphic, you know, skill whatsoever. Um, Somebody in the house with the tree in the yeah. little in the corner. <laughs> I, I, can, I can draw a bit of a path <laughs> and a window, <laughs> and I might draw a cross in the window to show oh, panes of glass. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought I was making progress when I went from the, the triangle roof, and and. Up until the the flat one with the edges, I was like, well, that oh, was like, cool. the, like the rhombus. Yeah, that, yeah, it goes well, that way. I that thought that was progress, but <laughs> <laughs> apparently people can draw very well, and I'm not that person. And I, and one of my friends, I just put on Twitter, I was like, can anyone do me a logo? And people want so much money for that stuff. Like, yeah, I was like, somebody. Somebody tweet like they just go. They there's literally people in companies on there that are on Twitter and they just type graphic every twenty minutes. Yeah, and if they see someone's tweeted about, do you want a graphic? They instantly DM you, and they wanted like three hundred quid for a logo. Yeah. And I was like, don't worry, mate. I was like, don't worry. And then a friend from Gloucester, Oni, he messaged me. He was like, what do you want? I was like, I've got this idea in my head, and I just I want it like this, and I. I kind of know what I want, but I don't know how to do it. And he was like, leave it at me. He charged me 20 quid. Legend. That's well, amazing. For for three logos, like the two in the circle and the and the big one. And I was like, it's it's not what you know is who you know. What an absolute hero. Have you ever had uh, guests? I mean, I mean, I know yours is very local at the moment. Yes. But have you ever reached out to anybody and like for an interview and they've gone, yeah, if you pay me so much. Um, we've not had anybody try and charge us, which is good. Um, and we are, like I said, we didn't want to copy what the Sapling podcast was doing, but
but we kind of want to do a little bit more where we talk to them about what they're doing because I kind of like to promote them a bit more, especially if they're in a local band. Um, so we've condensed the chat about bands and albums and we've kind of opened up and maybe 20% to for what they're doing and who they are and what they're about. Amazing. Um, just because I think there are like local bands are interesting. Like every scene's different in every part of the country. Like Jamie grew up in Birmingham. Like he probably went to see one or two local bands. I was going to Cardiff. There were local bands in Cardiff. Like that became huge because it was a big scene. Birmingham was a big scene. Um, you know, there are good bands out there, but we have gotten, we are in the process of talking to one or two people in, in much bigger bands. Which, I look forward to seeing yeah. that. Um, the Devil Wears Prada, I'm just saying. Um, Very nice. But, you know, we're, we're all right doing... I like chatting to mates, and I like chatting, like, finding out things I didn't know about friends and what records I listen to. And, and like you said, like, the funny ones are, are the ones where it's your really close mate and you can just yeah. chat like you normally would in the pub yeah. over a pint. It's fucking brilliant. And I'm like... They are funny episodes. Like the one with Chris from I the Lion is still. It was only nice. episode episode three, and we still didn't really know what we were doing. It. I I still think that's fucking comedy gold. It is hilarious. That's a really good episode it's as well. Hel- I, it, did, yeah. I enjoyed the Wilden episode earlier. And, really yeah, enjoyed that. Yeah, that was amazing. It's it's funny, but it's it's still talking about music. It's still relevant. Exactly, and again, there goes that ambassador for the local scene because you're getting local bands on again. People that run venues, people that work at festivals, you know, um, producers, you get local, actual local artists as well. It's absolutely, I think it's a great idea. I think it's a, I, I think it's going from strength to strength. I'm really enjoying Thank it. Thank you very much. It. No worries. Appreciate it. Beautiful. Tom, have you got any more questions before we start wrapping up? Is there anybody you would really love to have on the show? Is that, is that, have you got like a bucket list of like it's almost like you know you'll never get them but you'd love if you did like who would it be i mean i can only sort of say people that i've i find interesting or funny um charlie simpson from busted um i know from listening to his interviews i've met him he signed one of he signed um one of my busted vinyls um I know he's super interesting. He's funny. He loves a drink. And we only met once for like 20 minutes, but he was really interested to know about me. And he was such a nice guy. Like I would love to have a proper conversation with him about music because his favorite band is my favorite band, which is Deftones. Um, So that would be sick. I would love him on if he's listening. Um, (laughs) I don't know if he's a Chronicles follower. Um, (laughs) If he is... Let us know. Yeah, if you if you are Charlie, um, we want you. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I'm. I know I've mentioned her name a few times, but I, yeah, Dua Lipa's queen, isn't she? Um, never going to happen. Like that's out of the question. Um, but there are like through DJ, and there are you know celebrities that I've met that like who I just think would be super interesting, like um, Miss Dynamite. Um, she was literally. Name I haven't the, heard in a long time. He was one of the nicest people I've ever met, and she's just amazing. Like, I did not expect what I got from her, and just a wonderful, wonderful person. Um, 
we that this was at a festival and um, there was a uni ball in Aberystwyth um, which me and Clive went to and we had dinner with Top Loader and they were amazing they were chatting to us like we were their best mates and we had pints over lunch in a pub incredible um, that's awesome and then because the promoters of the festival that well sorry it's not a festival the uni ball they were like oh you're artists we've got no catering but we've paid for your lunch in this pub and we just happened to walk in at the same time Top Loader did, and they put us on the same table. Amazing. <laughs> so we were awesome. just drinking lager, and they were like, this is the menu. And we had pies or burgers and really nice pub food, like really nice pub food, like spot on. Um, <laughs> Aberystwyth's a mile, like bare miles to get to. Um, but it was a wonderful uni. Um, and yeah, we met Top Loader and Miss Dynamite. That was amazing. Um also, I think um, the other guy would be Jesse from the Eagles of Death Metal. Um, mm. Just because I know he's a nice guy. Um, we met him at Download. Um, Joe Green played there with Empire. And we managed, Joe, we just managed to blag ourselves backstage. Um, and we were wandering around and we met um, one of the fr- girls that we know that does photography um, for some of the bands. And then uh, Jesse from Eagles Death Metal walked past. And Joe was like, hi, dude. And he was like, you're right, guys. And um, for some reason, neither of us had our phones on us. What? How yeah. typical. So we had to, Jesse grabbed us both. Um, I think he gave us drinks. And we're like, he finished doing media. His manager was like, what are you doing now? And he was like, I'm going with these guys. And he was like, we've got to get a picture. We've got to get a picture. And we ran around for like five, 10 minutes trying to find someone with a, with a phone or something. And we had our picture taken and he was just so happy to like, just chat about absolutely fucking nothing to, but to not be in that whole, like your band's on in two hours, you've got to do this. You've got to do that. He was like, I, I just want to do human things and not be told what to do. Yeah, 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 and he was lovely. He was really nice. So I guess the people that I would love to have on are the people I know would be a really interesting conversation, and he'd be he'd be up there. And Eagles of Death Metal are amazing anyway. Awesome. awesome. Right before we get out of here, we like to play a little game. It's called the Quick Fire Round. We launch five questions at you. you okay. Answer them as quick as possible. It is as simple as that. <laughs> Favourite pizza topping? Pineapple. With cheese or without? Without cheese. I don't need cheese. Yeah, it's cheese. All, the, all the meat, all the meat and, and a bit of pineapple. I was hoping this had changed from over the years. No. Your first celebrity crush? Uh, baby Spice. How do you take your tea or coffee? I have coffee, a little bit of milk, too sugar. Who would play you in the movie of your life? Tom Cruise, because he's pretty short as well. <laughs> but Just, you know, to doing all those stunts. Even that old David Draymond, because he's got no hair like I have. So. Works. <laughs> and the last one, piece of advice that you could give to young Damien and Batcher many, many years ago. Start listening to pop music sooner. 
Great. Cool. It might be shit, but just get into it because it's good. <laughs> just tolerate it or help just you like tolerate it. <laughs> Listen to more than just Linkin Park. Like get into every type of music. Because other you know, otherwise you will eventually. Or I guess my other my other answer, if I could change it, it would just be like grow some balls and try and get into music a bit at a younger age. Because I think uh, if I was DJing at 18, 19, I don't know where I'd be now. Nice. Wonderful. Right, before we get out of here, any plugs, social medias, websites, whatever you want people to check out? I don't really plug myself on social media as a, as a DJ. I'm obviously... I've got a residency, which I can't wait to get back to. Um, just go and follow some local bands that I've mentioned. Um, and if you're interested to listen to me talk about music with other people, then you can go on to Instagram, search for the Gatefield Gateway. And also, which I think is better, is if you go onto Spotify and search for the Gatefold Gateway songs. Every single band and artist and track we talk about gets chucked into a playlist. Um, and it's it's becoming like the most eclectic playlist I've ever created. Um, there is everything on there. Um, and it's amazing. It's like 140 tracks at the moment. Um, just press shuffle. So Spotify, Gatefold Gateway, the songs. Um, and yeah, the podcast is available everywhere on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, um, other places i don't think anyone else uses other places to listen to podcasts but um yeah the gateful gateway we've got 17 episodes out um they are mostly local um people which which we've talked about but if you like music and you want to listen to people talk about music kind of good stories exactly fun stories yeah fun chat and where can people find you on twitch so my twitch is dj demo 666 i think um yeah the unfortunately because i'm now outside at the two pigs doing a little bit of djing every weekend the twitch has kind of slowed right down and i've not done it for a few weeks but who knows (laughs) my place in football manager um, (laughs) (laughs) i've done it once honestly i've done it I'll play football manager and talking to a microphone about Paul Pogba. I don't care. Phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. If, if that's what people want, like there are people that play football manager on Twitch. I've just never understood people. Honestly, watching games. I love watching uh, my friend play Grand Theft Auto though. So okay. th- there are some good Twitches out there. Fair nice. enough. Damo, this has been amazing, mate. I really enjoyed this. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. It was great fun. Yeah, I appreciate it, bro. Thank you. You so are much. very welcome. I really hope that, um, yeah, I, I guess I can sort of talk, mention it to other people who are listening. Like, we've got some plans for you to, guys to come onto our podcast um, in the future. And but I really want to do it live. I, we've done we've done one live recording a couple of weeks ago, which was weird because we were allowed in the uh, we were allowed in gardens, and um, we went to someone's house and sat in their garden. And we recorded wow. which was weird. I like I wasn't sure how I felt about it, but um it was nice. It was really nice. Um and I really want that to become the norm. Yeah, I yeah. mean I'd love to do it live with you, so hopefully we can make that happen. Yeah, maybe put it on Twitch. <laughs> Let's do it. Fuck. Why not? Yeah. Wonderful. This has been amazing. Thank you so much, my friend. No problem. Cheers guys. Take, Take care, care of yourselves. Bye bye. Bye bye. I love that interview. It's just, it, 
I just, it's just a sat there chatting with my mate. I, I love it. Incredible. Incredible. And just, yeah, it was just a very, a very special, you know, hour and a bit. Damo, thank you so much. We really appreciate your time. You're killing the podcast. Keep going. You're nailing it. And it's beautiful. Listen on a weekly basis. Everybody should go check it out as well. Um, and if you're ever in the Cheltenham area or if you ever, you know, go to one of the festivals, please go check out his silent, silent uh, discos that they do because they are so much fun. I can attest to that because I've been there. So, yeah, absolutely wonderful. Damo, thank you so much again, man. It was an absolute pleasure to have you on. I love it. And people would have saw it already because I put it in the little trailer for this week's episode. But that bit makes me laugh every time I've heard it. I know these things. I work at Sainsbury's. We work four hours and get a 15-minute break. It kills me every time. I don't know why it really, really amuses me. <laughs> and so it should. Right. It's my turn. I've got to say, I had over 200 responses to this. Holy fuck! Yeah, obviously I post it all over the place to get as many varieties of answers. There was over 200. So I had to whittle this one down. Amazing. Sorry if you didn't make the cut, boys or girls. There is a lot, like I say, but I'm, we're going to get through as many as we, I indeed wanted to get through. So I said, you've been given the power to delete one thing from existence. By who? I have no idea to solve it. But a simple question is, what's going in the bin? And why? Any idea, Mr. Stevens? Matt Hardy? No. Um, real Matt answer. Oh, delete. Yeah, I've got it. Delete. Yeah. Delete. Okay, real answer. Um, narcissism can go in the bin. Um, bullies, as we spoke about earlier, for what we spoke about earlier. Um, I just think there's no need for it this day and age. I really don't. Um, or Boris Johnson. Conservatives can get in the bin. Tory wankers can get in the bin. I completely agree with all of those. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if I'm going to pick one thing, I'm going to say Marmite. Yeah, I'm down for that. Yeah. I'm 100 down for that. Fucking yeah. bin. Now, we did get a lot of very serious and emotional answers, and I've included some of them, but after last week's episode was quite sombre on the answers, I thought I've, I've included more funny ones this week. So it starts off with uh, Alex Whiteley. Just people. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Rich Carter says, holes in socks. So annoying. Yeah, it's always weird. Socks are just so flimsy these days because I make loads of it, but I've got massive feet, so that's probably why. Rebecca Gold, who used to be a dear friend of mine until this answer, says mushrooms. Oh, I love mushrooms. What's wrong with them? There's nothing wrong with mushrooms. They are glorious. Moose Cooper says, Jake Paul. Yes. Yes, Moose. You absolute (laughs) hero. Fucking right. Who is this twat? Where's he come from? He's taken on Floyd Mayweather in a boxing fight. Like, how has he even done that? Who is he? Who is a YouTuber? Absolute prick. Uh, Graham Arnold says, one of two things, Justin Bieber or cholesterol. Why Bieber. He's a bit of a prick, isn't he? It was. Oh, yeah, I suppose. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know him personally. So. No, no, I don't want him either. Lucy Orchard says uh, hemorrhoids. <laughs> <laughs> Gemma Williams points out the one thing that need, needed to be done. She said, firstly, Ryan Williams, don't forget this week. There were many tears. There was many tears last week. And then she says, now for my answer, people who spit on the floor, that shit is gross and they should get in the bin. Is that is, do people still do that? 
I've not seen anyone do that for a while. I've not seen anyone do that for a while. I suppose COVID changed that massively, didn't they? Yeah. So, but yeah, I totally get it. I don't know why people do that. I don't know why it's so. I don't. I just don't understand it personally. Uh, Bob Christian says, "I'm going to have to go with the complete waste of oxygen. That completely talentless gobshite and utterly self-obsessed so-called diva, Gemma Collins." Fair. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Emily Wise says, "Maroon Five. I can't stand that band's music, especially Adam Levine's fucking voice." Why did he get half naked at the Super Bowl as well? That makes no sense. So yeah, I'm with you there. Yeah. Uh, Matt Crannies just says, "Capitalists or Joe Rogan? One of the two. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Capitalists, I understand. Um, Ruby Goodwin just says Nine Inch Nails because I fucking hate them. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Joe Goodchild says money. Oh wait, that's already happened. Bill's a wank. <laughs> Um, Debbie Myatt, my mother. She went off on a bit of a rant that I didn't know existed was part of her uh, psyche, but there we go. She says, all I can say is that there are two kinds of people on this planet. People who know that olives are solidified evil, the devil's food, and psychopaths. They all come in the same flavour, rancid, and they contaminate any food they come in contact with. Who the fuck decided it was a good idea to stick one in a martini? Olives are wrong and should be cast into the depths of hell, never mind the bin. I don't like olives. Debbie, I'm with you. Olives are foul things. I completely agree with that. I was just like, where did that come from, mother? Jesus. <laughs> yes, Debbie. Uh, Patrick Thomas says, uh, my 20s. <laughs> Great answer. Uh, Hannah Ruford says, diabetes, purely for selfish reasons. <laughs> um, who we got here? We've got Mos- Lee Garrett says, uh, mosquitoes, buzzy little fucks. <laughs> It really amused me that they just buzzy little fucks. Uh, Lucy Clark says, How has no one said my ex yet? <laughs> Phenomenal. Adam Dobbs, the hero of this entire thing, definitely pineapple on pizza. Okay. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Daniel Garfright says tinfoil. And I was intrigued as to why anyone would have a problem with tinfoil. And apparently he gets static shocks every time he touches tinfoil. He's got powers. It's plagued him his entire life. You've got powers, mate. He does. He has tinfoil powers. Uh, John Clark says, the voice on the self-service checkout machines. <laughs> Cashier number one, please. please. Uh, Stephen Daltrey, uh, the last four West Ham results, please. <laughs> James Oliver with possibly my favourite answer. I've said that so many times. You know when you have a dustpan and brush and you finish sweeping the floor dirt and into the pan and there's always that little line left over that you can't pick up? That. Yeah. And the king has returned. Ryan Williams says, this is a tough one. I mean, do I benefit the world by getting rid of something harmful to the planet like the Great Pacific Garbage Patch or Nicki Minaj? Or nuclear weapons, or don't be selfish and get rid of something harmful to me like alcohol, glitter, or skinny jeans. So after much thought, I decided to get rid of the Great Pacific garbage patch. Even though I hate glitter and whoever invented it should burn in hell. But this planet is dying, and if that garbage patch disappeared, the ecosystem would thrive. And maybe my daughter and her kids can live in a planet that has clean air and water, etc. Beautiful. Absolutely stunning. I just love the fact he said something harmful to the planet and included Nicki Minaj and that. That's really amusing. Oh. <laughs> Oh, if you enjoy 
Jamie's participation challenges, you enjoy the journal, you enjoy Callum treating you on a weekly basis, and you enjoy the absolute stem of what we do with the interviews, then please come and check out the other Threads and Ambitions of Useless Chronicles. Me and Jamie have sat amongst many a wonderful people, made many a wonderful friend out of the people we speak to. And, you know, we do it for your enjoyment. So please come and check out the rest of You Suck Chronicles. There's also You Suck's Superhero Bar Fight, where we, you know, took to the bar 50 times and fought. And it was glorious. Um, and it's still covered in man-bear pig semen. Um, mm. <laughs> <laughs> that episode is randomly doing really well, and I don't know why. Anyway... Um, there's also many glorious interviews with them and uh, there's uh, yeah me and Jamie have lots of fights wonderful conversations weird conversations weird fights just and glorious interviews you sucks what's the difference with Alan Tom uh, occasionally David Raby uh, they have some incredible guests incredible conversations and also the later lounge afterwards where they're just they're smashing it the boys are killing it please go check out you sucks what's the difference there was you sucks the weekly bazaar uh, be making a comeback soon um, with all the most mental and incredibly stupid news stories of the week. Uh, it's live on our YouTube channel, which you can find at USAC Podcasting Network. Please go subscribe. Hit that subscribe button. Um, <laughs> where you can also find all of our interviews, all of What's the Difference interviews, all their later lounges, and all of our USAC lives every Wednesday at 9pm via Facebook and our YouTube channel. Uh, there is also our website at www.usatnetwork.com. Please come check it out. Find out all about us. All of our podcasts are on there. You can find out all about the shows and you can sponsor us if you so wish to. There is our Facebook page at USAC or at the USAC fan page for your memes, gifts, shit talking, geek stuff, whatever you want. Come check that out. You can also follow us on the Twitter at USAC Chronicles for me and Jamie or at USAC Network for everybody. You can also follow us on the Insta at USAC Network, or you can follow us on the TikTok at USAC Network as well. USAC Chronicles. Download us, review us, share us with your friends, allow us into your ears, rate us, write whatever you want about us, but most importantly, make sure you dunk us in your coffee. I don't like coffee. Can I be dipped in tea? Fuck off. Sorry. <laughs> we don't get to criticise. No, I'm joking, it's fine. Uh, yeah, you can dunk us in tea. I'll dunk us in coffee. Beautiful. That's what I like. Boys. What another glorious show. episode, eh? Smash them out as we do, doing what we do best. Yeah. Damo, massive thank you, my friend. We had an absolute blast talking to you. All the best with the podcast and with the world reopening, and you're actually getting to do your job that you love. Yes, agreed. I fully agreed. Please go check out the Gatefold Gateway on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcast from. It's incredible. They've had another glorious episode released today. Uh, Damo, thank you so much, dude, for you know for coming on, for being an absolute genuine, you know, wonderful human, and being one of our closest and bestest friends. We appreciate you. We love you, and you know, we look forward to catching up soon. But boys, girls, and everybody else, as for this week, we're going to see you next week. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. You saw Chronicles, part of the You Saw Podcasting Network. <laughs>